I understand, Nigel, you and David originally started the band uh, back in, when was it, 1964? Well, before that, we were in different groups. I was in a group called The Creatures, which was a skippable group. I was in Lovely Lads. Yeah. And then we looked at each other and said, so well, we might as well join up, you know. And uh, So we became uh, the originals. Right. And uh, we had to change our name, actually. Well, there's, a, there's another group in the East End called the Originals, and uh, we had to rename ourselves. And the New Originals. New Originals, yeah. and then uh, they became the Regulars. They changed their name back to the Regulars, and we thought, well, we could we could go back to the Originals about what's the point. But we became the Tensmen at that point. Your first drummer was... Uh, the Peeps. John Stumpy Peeps. Oh, yeah. Great, great, uh, tall, blonde geek with glasses. Yeah. Uh, good drummer. Great look. Good drummer. Good, yeah. Good yeah, drummer. What happened to him? He died. He he died in a bizarre gardening accident some years back. It's really one of those things. It was, you know, the authorities said, you know, best leave it you know, unsolved, really. You know. And he was replaced by. Uh, Stumpy Joe. Eric Stumpy Eric Child Childs. Yes. And Eric. what happened to Stumpy Joe? Well, uh, it's not a very pleasant story, but um, uh, he, he died, uh, he choked on, uh, the, the official explanation was he choked on vomit. It's actually, uh, it was actually someone else's vomit. It's not, exactly. you know, there's no real... Uh, well, they can't you know, prove so whose vomit it was. Right. Never, they don't have uh, facilities no in Scotland no Yard to you print can't really dust for vomit. Now, during the Flower People period, who was your drummer? Stumpy's replacement, Peter James Bond. He also died in mysterious circumstances. We were playing uh, a uh, festival, and uh, it was tragic, really. He exploded on stage. Like that. It just went up. It just was like a flash of green light, and that was it. Nothing was left. It was fake. Well, there was. Is that true? This, this truly did happen. There's a little green globule on his drum seat. Like a stain, really. It was, it was a small stain in a globule, yeah. actually. And you it know, was several, you know, dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's just not really widely reported right. yet. Yeah. Michael Ian Black, we quit calling. I, we had a moment, but it's passed. That was then. He's not now. big enough to have people in plural. <laughs> you know what I can How do? How many people could he possibly afford? I could print out that picture of him and I from last year from New York and blow it up into freaky super fan That is fantastic. And have him sign it. Oh, I was thinking we wouldn't even acknowledge it. Like when he came in, just have it covering one whole wall of the studio. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. And have a little doll with his face on it, too, that you clutch and stroke. Hello, Michael Ian Black. And then just pet the doll real, real, like, manically. And then twitch every now and again and drool. Why, uh, thank you, Scotty. Excellent. Thank you. Ed McCarthy, if. He's put these in quotes. What? I don't even understand what any of this means. All right, thank you. Uh, well, we'll talk about that later. Scotty's just handed me something. All right. 
Hey, it's uh, four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and it's the month of October in the year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by making a party listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, my chums, my amigos, my companions, my compadres, is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Friday and welcome to Day 12. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to uh, join us today telephonically for whatever your comments your uh, queries, your questions, your two cents, your corrections, your conventions, your uh, your whatnots and stuff. One of these days, I want to do an entire program in Yiddish. I know you can't really do an entire program, I guess I couldn't, but I want to try to work in. I want to do a whole day where we work in as many Yiddish phrases and sayings as possible. Put that on the calendar for uh, for Shrove Tuesday. It is 503-733-2970. Scotty J standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about uh, whatever. The interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the somewhere in between. It's uh, what is sitting by. I'm sorry, not standing. He's sitting by. He's slouching by. He's slumping by. His, his will to live broken into many pieces. Not unlike the teeth of Johnny Fairplay, who I saw interviewed again last night and who can't even speak properly now. And I think he filed charges against Danny Bonaducci, and less than 10 minutes later, the judge told him to go suck one. So that's fantastic. It's a great day. It's uh, 503-733-2970. If you'd like to uh, join us via email, you can do that as well. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Scotty J at 970.am. Uh, All right. Uh, let's see. Well, what's coming up today? We'll, uh, I'm unclear about what about what this CNN radio prep sheet means, Scotty. Would you please, just before we do anything else, would you just... Scotty J. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I you on the mouth. Please let me... Good morning, Matolia. Now, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, our intrepid PA, Scotty J. Always the best way to start a program. Hi, Scotty. Well, good morning, government camp, and hello, snow. Is snow a place, or are you greeting the weather? I'm greeting the weather. I believe it is snowing in mountainous areas. Is it really? Is, oh, it, yeah. is it one of those things it where they start telling you what the snow line is? Yeah. Why do they start telling you? Why do they do stuff like that where they say the snow line is 24,000 feet when no one's ever at 24,000 feet? They it's give at you the 4,000 now. But, but where is the? What is at 4,000 feet? Where where somebody no. might be? No, I understand. See, I think when you get to government camp, you're at 8,000. I don't know for a fact. Don't quote me on this, but in I think other words, you're at 8,000. 8, the elevation of the road goes up, and therefore right. you're at the level where you may encounter snow. And your ears might pop. You don't too. have to be hiking. You may be in a motor vehicle. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you might want to take a locator with you. The times. The times I like the best are when Tim speaks to me as though I'd been kicked in the head while shoeing a horse. <laughs> as though I just, as though I was just barely able to keep up with just the tiniest trains of thought. And so, so if you are driving a car, for example, which is on a road, you may go up a hill or incline. You might run out of gas. Well, I thought that was the general answer to the question? Uh, well, I guess it's my fault in that I don't really know. I am one of those Americans that can't find a rack in a map, and I don't know how high up anything is. Like, I have no there, idea what Portland's elevation signs. is. There are signs. Is that As true? you're heading up hills, elevation, blah, 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 elevation. So what is know. the elevation of Portland above sea level? Does anybody know? I'm just, I'm not, something just not a quiz. I just don't really know. Are we near or at sea level? Close. No, no. We're not. <laughs> and then Tim says, so Tim says close, and then Scotty is How vehemently is opposed Scotty? to that proposition. I'm saying, I uh, don't know again, but we're probably 300 feet. I don't think we're that high. 
Three hundred. That feet, was a guess. Three hundred feet. What? And by, by the way, we all learned in this classroom where a rack is. Okay. So you should know that by now. Well, let me ask you this. We can cut to the chase here. Do we or do we not have special weird cooking instructions for, for baked goods in Portland? Okay, you threw me off there. No, because if you live in certain areas, if you live in areas that that are very high altitude, you have certain your baking instructions are different. No. If you live in Salt Lake City or Park City, if you live in yes. Denver, Colorado, over there, the yes. Mile High City, uh, if you live in Denver, Colorado, your baked goods come with different instructions on them uh, because they cook at a different uh, whatever. Same, same same thing in Salt Lake City. All right. Um, now, why I put that note on there? The note says. No, before we get to that, let me just say that you have never looked more suburban than you do today. Not only do you Ask look him suburban. Where I got the shirt. Ask him where I got the shirt. <laughs> no, don't ask me. I, I would also guess. say this. You guess where I got the shirt first. Before I do that, let me just say you have to really keep that gut sucked in today while wearing that shirt because if you just if you don't. It's all because of the sitting at the Rick Emerson show. You could get his What here, with the, the sedentary lifestyle and whatnot? Just sitting in the eating a giant box of cheese every day. <laughs> what with the sitting no. plowing my way through a case of Keebler snack cakes every single day? You kind of have that chip is enough thing going on where as long as you're working on keeping your gut sucked in, you look okay. But as soon as you slack and kind of go, and then the big fleshy bowling ball just starts to jut right out. I know. You look as though you stepped right out of the cast of maybe latter era Mad Men today. What about Entourage? No, no. It's you you have kind of a weird 1965 60. suburban dad, uh, the kind of lounging around on a Saturday, maybe getting ready to go to the club with the guys kind of a look going on today. That's what that shirt is. And it is unbuttoned far enough that I can see your chest hair, by the way, and I just sort of spotted that inadvertently, and that's unpleasant. So um, anyway, before we get to the CNN prep sheet, I guess I'm supposed to ask you where you got that shirt oh, that you're wearing Oh, you got to take today. a guess. It is, what color is that shirt? Would you say that that's sort of a... Golden like black. A, like an avocado? No, I think it's more like on the lines of gold and, and black, right? It's very 60s, 70s looking. It looks looking. like the What's My Line set from 1964. That's what I'm saying. There's Arlene Francis. <laughs> I can't believe these shirts are back. <laughs> Scotty's in his Artie Shaw costume. Oh, by the way, Portland's <laughs> elevation is 50 feet, Scotty. Yeah, in no. your face. See, I was by a factor of like well, 600. Well, I didn't think we were at sea level, but I, I thought at least a couple hundred feet. But I think it's your thinking that Especially when you go level, over Scotty. the mountains, you leave the beach, you're up a couple hundred feet. Right. Come back down. Yeah, or or uh, if you go over... Or, uh, if you're going Highway 18, you're yeah, at 4,000 feet. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's pretty you high. You'll see snow there, Scotty, if you're driving. I love snow. Is this is discussing elevation the new discussing the weather? That's uh, what it is. When we're not discussing, is it cold where you are? It's going to be, what is the altitude where you're calling from, sir? Well, let me just make this final observation about your shirt, Scotty, before we ask you where you got it and then move on to CNN and then talk about what else is coming up today. That shirt reminds me of these horrible clothes that my father had. <laughs> And I am so glad that I met the people in my life who teach me how to dress well. Largely Sarah, but with it, largely Sarah with the helping of Tim and you know my wife and these other people who sort of weigh in on my clothing. Because I remember my dad had this closet full of clothes that it's like the clothing would blind you when you looked at it. It was like you would take a good look at one of my dad's suits and you would go and live in Medusa's statuary for the rest of your life because they were hideous. My father had a shirt not unlike yours, and it was sort of a. a, a I guess a bowling shirt or maybe a golf. I guess that's a golf shirt you're wearing. So like a golf shirt, the same hideous green, but then instead of the buttons, it, it zipped, and the zipper had a huge ring on it, like a big bowl ring. I have one of those. Really? <laughs> Honestly? Did you go to my father's estate sale? No. Okay. But I, I do need to take a glad bag to the closet, apparently, this weekend. Yes. Yes, you do. That should be the next step, Scotty, as we change the way you look. All right, where did you buy your shirt? Bymart, seven bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That is fantastic. And you now, know what? It's not 100% cotton, so I don't have to worry about it shrinking around the bowling ball I don't any further. think it could shrink anymore. I don't think shrinking <laughs> more is possible. Did you go to buy Mark specific, no. for the intended purpose of buying clothing? Or were you just there to get... You know, like some Slim Jims or something, and like, oh, and I'll get this shirt, please. I think I went there to get a, a flashlight because I have like 20 <laughs> flashlights and I can't ever find one of them. If you're ever buying your flashlights and your clothing at the same store, you are either living in a trailer and hiding from government investigators, or there's something wrong with you. Even I know this. They look like imports from the former East Germany. This is not a plug, but I love Bymart because it's like a mile from the house. Try right? some of our fine burlap clothing. That's wonderful. $7 at Bymart. Were you tempted to get, like, an American flag beer cozy as well? No, but speaking of American flags, I bought a new American flag uh, uh, holder for my house there because I couldn't find my holder to hold my flag up on the house, so I bought a new holder that, that swivels and pivots and does whatever. So you can aim the flag at yes. people? <laughs> Okay. I thought all houses in suburbia came with some sort of a flag that couldn't ever be detached. It was just nope. part of the house. Nope. You have to bring your own. Permanently mounted onto all houses in and the suburbs. And on many occasions, you may only hang your flag from a stand outside your front door and not from a flagpole. And at nighttime, you better have a light on it. No, You're no, un-American. No lights. you got to have a light on your flag but at you night. You can't, but you, Tim says it's in part of a... In my neighborhood, they made somebody take the light down. Really? Well, well then you got to take your flag down. You guys should have some sort of a some sort of a, a homeowners association cage match. <laughs> oh, we can really? tell you some horror stories. Yes. Please don't. All right. Um, so I'm looking at the scene in Prep Sheet. So we've got Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop about Britney Spears, Bob Costantini about uh, Larry Craig, and then it says Ed McCarthy, and then it's in quotes, if... I want those stories. What does that mean? Well, I never like to go against your better judgment, Rick, but I, I noticed a couple stories there that, that are unpassable. <laughs> I can't believe you passed up on a couple of those. Are you talking about the story about the guy Yes. Uh, the guy shooting himself in the head after, yes. the, after the city rule against his, one of them. his then, zoning decision? And then the lady at the airport, because you love airplanes and airports and that lady. Yeah, but we've already kind of been kind of beaten. Okay. We, yeah, we've, not unlike the woman herself, that story's been beaten to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's... Oh, my God. Did you see... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just interrupting myself, but I, we're so... We interrupt this thought with some <laughs> other crap, but it is Friday. Have you seen the video of the cop pepper spraying that girl in the face? No. Oh, oh, it's so deeply wonderful. Is that from the airport? No, oh, it's okay. from some roadside stop. I don't know where. I don't know what city it is, but it's you know it's one of those dashboard cameras that cops have to have in a lot of places. I don't know where it takes place. I saw it this morning on the web. Um, he pulls some girl over. It's some, some, she's 15, so I don't think she's supposed to be driving anyway. It, she's out way past curfew. He pulls her over. He says, "What's up with you being out at like two in the morning? It's you know you got to be at home. There's a curfew." And she starts and she is giving him a bunch of lip. He pulls her out of the car, and she immediately starts flailing, just like a mad girl, just flailing around. He's like, okay, look, I'm going to have to take you into custody. And I've watched the whole thing. He is incredibly polite to the entire thing. And she is just whipping around and just just spazzing out, won't let herself be put in the back of the car. And he keeps saying to her, he's like, if you keep this up, it's going to hurt. So you got you got to calm down. She keeps resisting. She tries to hit him. And he's and she's a small girl, but he's he's trying very hard to restrain himself. You can tell. And he keeps putting it, he keeps saying, look, I'm going to have to use force if you don't stop it. Just come on. It's not, it, it won't be a big deal. You just let me put you in the back of the car. She bites him. Oh. She leans over and she just goes, Kah! and she just tra- takes a big chunk out of one of his arms. You don't see it, but you can see her bite down on his wrist. Uh, and just just dig in with her teeth <laughs> without without any hesitation. He just brings up the pepper spray and just 
right in the face. And you know what it is? It takes about six minutes to get to that point, but I would really advise that you watch all six minutes. It's worth it. Because then the payoff is so deeply satisfying. But should I look for a tased girl? I'll send it to you. Well, the thing is, it probably won't play very well on the air, because on the air it just sounds terrible, because it sounds like he's bludgeoning her the whole time. But the whole thing is that she just keeps resisting arrest. Sounds to me like another runaway parentless child. Oh, man, it is so great. It really only works if you're watching it, though, because you can see how she's just begging for it for like six minutes. Like, I'm at home going, taser, taser, taser. And it takes about six minutes, and he does everything he can to get her to comply. How old is this? We have a vast array of tased girls on here. Oh, this is not tasing. This is pepper spray. <laughs> oh, okay. And then he, yeah, he just sprays her like about an inch away from her face, and it is just so deeply wonderful. It's like, it's like scratching, it's like scratching an itch that you haven't quite been able to reach for some time. It's wonderful. You could probably do I know I sound way too excited. Oh people. man, it's so good. Someday I'm going to have a television program where it's just <laughs> nothing but people getting tased after asking for it. Anyway, I, I, you know, I don't think we're going to talk to Ed McCarthy. Okay. Not that I dislike it, but we got a lot to get to today. We got right. tons of stuff. So, all right. Um, I was going to ask you something else, Scotty, but I can't think of what it was. So you can take your Bymart shirt. Well, and, let me uh, know when you think of it. Okay, all right. Rick? What does Bymart mean, even? It's B-I. I guess it's a play on B-Y-I. It's probably, B-Y, probably. B-U-Y, and, whatever And they make you have a little card to, to buy stuff. There. Really? Do you have to have a membership to buy a Bymart? Are you kidding good. me? Yeah, at least I belong to something, Rick. I'm a part of something. <laughs> something bigger than myself. Not in Costco, right? I believe no. in something. All right. Uh, all right. So we got the Steve Castamom, Ed McCart. Uh, now, see, I'm saying it. Bob Costantini, uh, Jim Roop coming up later on today. Aaron Geek in the city. Duran will be in the studio. I think he's got a review of Into the Wild because I, I, I think that finally opens today. Actually, uh, the strapping young lads of Nickel Arcade uh, will be in the studio later on to play their new single. I hope there's vodka in heaven, which is the Britney death song that they have written for the Rick Emerson show. They'll be in the studio to perform that around 1:30. Uh, we'll do a top five later on today. Uh, what else? Well, that's that's kind of it. Other things. Oh, and I got to figure out what I'm going to get Sarah for her birthday. What do you want? You just got to tell me what I you want. I don't know what I want. Well, then, okay, then blame then don't blame me. Well, you know the things I like. Get me a gift certificate somewhere. Do you just want a Buffalo Exchange gift certificate yes. again? Okay, done, done, and done, and we're finished. I don't even have to have a. Because uh, last year you bought me a really good shirt and a dress and a pair of shoes. Did I? Mm-hmm. How nice of me. It was. I'm a wonderful person. It's true. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Oh, my gosh. Rick, you're talking about tasing and such. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw the greatest tasing. <laughs> okay, it was so, so bitchin'. Yes. Oh, this is, this is, uh, this is uh, John from Gresham, you know, yes. this man, the guy. Of course. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm out in Gresham, out in, like, the, the edge of Gresham to Fairview, uh, 223rd and Stark, out where the old Zims used to be. And there's this, you know, cop is talking to this guy on the side of the road, and I go walking into this car lot to talk to them about some business and what have you. And oh, I kind of look over, and, like, all the people are staring at the dude outside. And then he kind of, this, this, this tweaker-looking guy, kind of like, you know, takes a little step back and takes off running from the cop. Now, this cop, you know, he's about, oh, let's see, my size. And so I'm thinking, he, this is going to be not a very good uh, chase because he ain't got a chance in the world. Bad guy runs around the side of this truck while this guy is out on the car lot looking at this truck that's running with the hood open and the doors open. Tries to get inside it. The guy that's looking to buy the truck grabs him around the neck 
and throws him down onto the ground. Excellent. Chubby cop comes, runs up, lands on top of him. The guy's trying to crawl underneath the truck. Another cop comes. You hear the, the canine dog barking in the car because he wants to come out and play of course. really, really bad. And pretty soon there's like four cops on top of this guy fighting out of a storm. And then all of a sudden you see this guy reach down and grab this thing out and go, <laughs> and then he's just like <laughs> on the ground under the truck and yelling and screaming. And then <laughs> they get him another one, man. And they must have. <laughs> Oh, it was the, it was the best time in the world to be me. Please, please, now to once again tell me what the taser sounded like. Oh, and I'm inside, and you could just see this guy lean forward. He pushes that taser. It's like <laughs> fantastic. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Excellent. I've never seen a live tasing. I don't think I've ever seen. Has anybody here seen a tasing in person? Mm. -mm. That surprises oh. me. I figured that you that you would have seen one at some point. That I would have seen a pack tasing? of freaks you hang out with. I mean, <laughs> no offense. No, but I mean, you spend a lot of time in maybe some I've of our nightlife establishments. Being beat up, I've seen someone bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that really is pretty great. I don't think I've seen a tasing. I, no, uh, I get far. Away. I don't. The police scare me. Yeah. Especially, like I just get far away whenever I see. I don't stick around to watch anything. I just go. That uh, that time when I went to see Paul Stanley do that solo show at the Aladdin, and there was that guy fighting with the security outside, and we all the crowd and we were all chanting like taser, 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 like trying to get the cops to tase him, and they wouldn't. They just put him on the ground. So I hope to see that someday. Uh, we're joined today as are we always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello. Hello. All right. Can I repeat what you said right before the show? Fine. So we, I, meant, I, I said, hey, don't forget those Nickel Arcade guys are coming in today at 1.30, which I almost called to t remind no, you about last night. Yeah. But I didn't want to because I didn't want you to think that I think you're neurotic, which you I are. I look so dumpy today. I didn't say that. I told him I'm wearing like... Tim my, doesn't agree. I'm no, wearing an old sorority shirt and like my oldest pair of pants and no makeup. And a big but brown the, the sweatshirt. Things and a big brown sweatshirt. Yeah. So, so I said, hey, so uh, Nicole Arcade's coming today. Sarah goes, I have to go put on makeup. And I said, okay. And she said, I want to give them the illusion that I bathe regularly. <laughs> I, I said guests. I'd like guests to... Oh, not me. us. I didn't say bathe regularly. You're making it sound That's all exactly. Sticky. I wrote it down here. No. Guests, I w it was weird syntax too. Guests, I want to give the illusion that I bathe regularly. That's what you said. It's a great. Quote. I did. I took a shower today. No, it's well. See, there you go. So it's not an illusion. You did in fact clean yourself today. It's true, and I did ride my bike. Yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. Well, we just can't stop talking about that terror drill that begins in Portland on the 15th. Johnny Fair plays charges against Andy Bonaduce are rejected by the LA County <clears throat> DA's office. A garbage woman who found $65,000 in a bag by the side of the road turns it into authorities. Fool. A man shoots himself in the head at a Tennessee town meeting after an issue doesn't go his way. The GOP is stymied. What do we do with Larry Craig next? And a Louisiana Senate candidate withdraws after confirmation of his own toe-tapping restroom antics. Really? Two of them. <laughs> Excellent. That's wonderful. Uh, oh, by the way, Scotty says, uh, send Sarah to Bymart for a new dress. She can borrow my membership card. Okay, that's really funny. Thank you, Scotty. Excellent. Fantastic. Thanks, Scotty. Yeah, he's just trying to help. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hey. Yeah, uh, you were talking about elevation cooking a bit ago? Yes, sir. Well, uh, when I was in the printing business, we used to print uh, menus. And uh, I believe, uh, well, I, there's one of the big restaurants <laughs> This call sort of... You sound like you're sort of slowly winding down, like one of those, uh, like one of those bears with the drum thing, but the batteries are low. <laughs> Got it. Anyway, here goes. Yeah. They they had a German pancake on the menu, and that was around for <laughs> that around. That was the style at the time. Yes. Pardon? Nothing. Go ahead. 
Anyway, uh, we printed also the uh, menus that went to, I think, in Idaho. And they could not put German pancakes there because of the elevation. They couldn't uh, make German pancakes there. That is a shame. I don't know if maybe they put Burgermeister in it or something. <laughs> and then we buried his body on a mountaintop. Thank you. Bye. Uh, hi. You're uh, on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello, sir. Hello, Rick. We've got a VESO sighting. Uh, where at? Is this at a Fred Meyer? Yes, it is. Excellent. Where Where at, my friend? This one here was at Gleason, and this morning I was in there, and they have cases nine ninety nine. Really? That is that actually that is pretty amazing. Nine ninety nine. I'm making a note of it right now. That's eighty three cents a bottle. I'm pretty sure it's cheaper to drink VESO than it is to tap water at your house. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you for the heads up, sir. Good day. Best show ever. All right. Thank you. All right. Where is he? I don't know, actually. He said it, and then I completely forgot about it. Oh, it you wasn't anywhere down, near. you don't want to tell anybody because no, you want to go? No, because I don't, think it was, I don't think it was near my house, and so I immediately forgot about it. I, people, you know, people are listening. They'll, if it's relative to them, they'll hear. Okay, so guess what song was number 10 35 years ago? Oh, by the way. What should, year was 35 years ago? 1972. Scotty asked the same question. He goes, when was that exactly? Um, 35 years ago. I, I came up to Scotty and I... Was 72? Some, somebody emailed me this. It was October 12, 1972. Uh, I said, hey, Scotty, guess what song was number 10 on the charts 35 years ago this week? Crocodile Rock. And he said, no, no, but... Am I close? Well, it's the same era, though. He said, uh, what was the name? He said, what's the name of the group? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell you. Just guess. And he goes, give me one letter in the group's name. Not realizing what a phenomenally useless hint that was. Um, popcorn. The song Popcorn, our thinking music, was oh, actually... Oh, you already gave me the answer to that earlier. I think I mentioned it to you earlier, but our, our Popcorn, our thinking music, which is the... Uh... What but a is weird that the, time. Is that the original version of that? I believe so. That's the hot butter version. I'm pretty sure that's... The, that. Did I tell you about that webpage I went to that is 300 different versions of a Popcorn song? Whoa. I mean, it's all, it's every, like, heavy metal versions and, like, polka versions. Someone sent that to me once. It's just nothing but versions of the popcorn song. Anyway, it was number one this week, uh, 35 years ago. So we'll do the top five from that week, just so you can hear. I mean, what kind of a country, no offense, makes popcorn a number 10 single? It just doesn't make any sense. So we'll, um... We'll do the other uh, the other uh, uh, songs in that. We'll do the top five songs from 35 years ago this week. Uh, Honky Cat by Elton John, by the way, was very nearly in the top five that week. Not quite. So you are correct about the Elton John era right there. Uh, okay, well, we probably have to break here in just a second. It seems like there was something else I was going to mention, but I can't, for the life of me, think of what it was. Pepper spraying. Something Nickel Arcade coming in. Aaron Durant. Oh, don't forget, uh, tonight, this is what it is. Today we're going to be at OMSI. Not us, but the, the radio station is going to be at OMSI from 2 to 4 today. Uh, as they get ready for the final couple of days of Body Worlds 3. I think Sunday is, I think, the last day for that. Is, is that a franchise? Because when I was in San Diego, it said coming to San Diego. Then I was reading some say in Pittsburgh today saying, coming to Pittsburgh. How could that body show be in two different places at once? It's sort of sort of like a drifters thing, how there's oh, the okay. East Coast drifters. Well, there's Body Worlds, which is about ready to leave here. So it, it is probably going somewhere else because it's leaving here Sunday. It's been here for six months. But there is another one called, like, Body, you know, Body Stuff or Body... Now, there is an East Coast and a West, just like there are East Coast Clydesdales and West Coast Clydes. Exactly. But the one here, Body Worlds, if it's not called Body Worlds, it's not like the real deal. There is, and I'm not making this up, 
There is, as I understand it, because the Body World 3, the one the one that we saw, is really great. And it's people who... But it's supposed to be the better one. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. And it's people die, and uh, they, they will their bodies uh, to this institute who then studies them and then preserves them so we can see the intricate workings of the human body. There is this... It sounds like a bad joke. There is this competing body show uh, that I don't even remember the name of, but it's, it's, like, it's touring on the East Coast somewhere, where I swear to God, it's just a bunch of... It's, I, I shouldn't laugh about this. But in light of recent events, it is sort of grimly amusing. Where I do believe it's just a bunch of bodies that, like, China just took. That's the one. When they died. That's like, the one in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's okay. from China. And, like, Chinese people died, and the government's like, we will not take your body, make you part of exhibit for glorious leader. And, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, after they run you over with the tank, they stick you up on a dais somewhere. So and that's the one that's opening in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so that must mean the one that's here is going to San Diego. Yeah, don't go see the one. if it's. It, Why would anybody be in Pittsburgh? If it isn't. If they're because they're being punished for something, because that's their penance. Ten Hail Marys and ten years in Pittsburgh. If uh, no, if it doesn't say Body Worlds, it's not the real deal. But that other one, I swear to God, and it sounds like a gag. Yeah. It's like cut-rate corpses from China. Huh. I mean, literally, where the Chinese government is like, uh, hey, do you have that dead grandmother? Yeah, we're going to take her and mold her in plastic and stick her in a museum somewhere. Give, give, give her here. So yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to see that. Um. But so today from 2 to 4, AM 970 is going to be at uh, OMSI for Body Worlds 3, the final couple days of that. Uh, for extended hours and times and tickets and all that, go to uh, omsi.edu. Uh, but they're going to be there with the Rock Band Tour stage. Uh, and we are, we did clarify this, we are uh, giving away uh, advanced copies of Rock Band, which doesn't come out until uh, November 20th. So you can see, look at, uh, enjoy, uh, play, possibly win uh, Rock Band. And then, of course, uh, you can see OMSI Body Worlds 3 for its final couple of days. So that is today. All right, we have to uh, take a break. We'll come back after this. More of your phone calls. Ed, uh, I keep saying Ed McCarthy. Steve Kastenbaum, Bob Constantini, Jim Roop, Aaron Duran, all that. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. the Rick Emerson radio program. I never come along. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up in just a few, we got CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, later on, Bob Costantini, Jim Roof, uh, Top 5, Aaron Duran, Nickel Arcade, etc., etc., so on and so forth. That dog kind of freaks me out, by the way. Okay, I almost had a freaking heart attack. We should say that there is, um, <sighs> we have a co-worker who sometimes bring her, uh, brings her dog to work, which is fine, because, you know, this, we're kind of, kind of a dog-friendly place here. Um, and so, and it doesn't help, by the way, or her, depending on how you look at it, that the dog is a little smarter than most people I know. It's like that freaky dog in Watchers. Like, I keep expecting the dog to be spelling out messages on the floor with, with Scrabble tiles. <laughs> Seriously. Um, anyway, there is man hiding in closet with gun. Call police now. So, Shelby is the dog's name. And the, first of all, Shelby makes me feel really bad about my dog because my dog just seems so freaking dumb compared me to her. Me, too. He's like the smart. I can't get Muppet to stop barking. He smells <laughs> funny. I'm like, come on. Max just sits there and chews on ballpoint pens underneath the bed, comes out smeared in ink. Meanwhile, Muppet Shelby... ate an entire tube of mascara this past weekend. And I was like, why is your face all black? Were you playing outside in the mud? And then I pull back my bed sheets and it's everywhere. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shelby's in the kitchen cooking lunch for her owner. Anyways. So, I don't even... Anyway, so the dog sort of sidled in here during this last break. Um, it came up all stealthily and began licking Sarah's foot. And oh, all God. Of a sudden, I was in here by I myself. I feel the tongue on her foot. I feel something kind of down there. I'm like, I'm just imagining things. Yeah. 
maybe, you know, I dropped a sweatshirt or something, and then something just full-on, like, bumps my foot really hard. Fantastic. I thought it was the engineer hiding underneath there. That's wonderful. Uh, okay, so just real quickly, i got a couple things. i got this story about an enema that I want to read, uh, and then... And then we'll do this. Uh, then I got a, the greatest thing handed to me last night while I was out with some friends of mine. Uh, so we'll do that, and then we'll talk to Steve Castamon. I don't know which to do first. I'll do the thing that was handed to me first. So I don't know. You're not a huge David Lee Roth fan, but I know that, uh, and, and Van Halen fan, but I know that Scotty is. Um, and I know a lot of guys who listen to us. And we, we, you were all, the, you, all, all of us, the, the, the middle-aged white men in the audience, we're all down with Van Halen. And so uh, I got the coolest thing last night. So I was out with some friends of mine. We were just hanging out, and then we ran into another guy we know. And I probably shouldn't. It's not like this is, you know, like he's breaking some law really by giving this stuff to me. But I probably shouldn't identify who this was. But we were all out last night. Uh, some of the, uh, the, the the guys from Emerson Starship and whatever, and the guys who worked on Mystery Project that can't be identified. And so we were out doing that, and we ran into a guy uh, who we had worked with in the past, and a guy we hadn't seen in a long time. And the guy says, hey, Rick, I've got this CD I've been carrying around with me because the next time I saw you, I wanted to give it to you. And I'm like, well, what is it? He goes, it's the greatest thing. It's just the isolated vocal tracks from the first Van Halen album. Now, I know that that doesn't sound very interesting, but what that means, he knows a guy who worked the session for the first Van Halen record. And so this isn't like somebody's taken the Van Halen songs and put them into Pro Tools and, and done a carry, like a reverse karaoke thing where they stripped away the music. This is actually... These are, this is just a recording of all of David Lee Roth's vocal takes while he was recording that first Van Halen album, which came out in, what, 78, I think it was? So almost, what, 30 years ago almost? Um, and so it's not the final product either. It's, it's a lot of, like, fits and starts and stops, and it's David Lee Roth taking various runs at the song, and he'll screw up sometimes halfway through. And it's, it's the kind of stuff that if you are a rock and roll nerd, you find endlessly fascinating. Like, there is that version of, there's some tape that floats around that I've heard from time to time, and I think it's probably internet by now, where it's the Beatles playing some 45-minute version of Helter Skelter. And I think they were all just in love with the song and high as kites, and so they just played this 45-minute endless version of Helter Skelter that just goes on and on forever. And it's not, like, really interesting in and of itself, except as a rock artifact. But as a rock artifact... Uh, here's what a nerd I am for rock stuff. Here's what a, what a moronic high-fidelity guy I am. I just sat in my car last night. I, I got home whenever it was I got home. I just sat in my car for 25 minutes in my driveway with the car off, just sitting here listening to David Lee Roth's a cappella vocal takes from uh, Running With The Devil for the, from the first Van Halen record. So I isolated a couple of these, and I will play some of these just because... And as we say about so many things, if you were stoned, first of all, some of these would just be hilarious. They were hilarious to me, and I wasn't stoned. And also just because you do realize that stripped away of a lot of context, rock, which, and I say this with love, you know I'm a believer. You know I'm, oh, we know. You know I'm a hopeless romantic for rock. Hello, bigger than Jesus. God damn, it's just stupid sometimes. I mean, and the same thing that makes rock and roll great, like a lot of art forms, is the same thing that just makes it absurd. I mean, it's simul I was talking to Chris Morris last night about black metal, you know, the sort of Euro, dark, satano, face paint metal and everything, and how it's simultaneously great and just the most retarded thing on earth at the same time. Um, so I'm, I'll play a couple of these. I'm so tempted to take some of this and make it a ringtone, by the way. So these are some of David Lee Roth's a cappella vocal outtakes from Running With The Devil uh, from the first Van Halen record. I found the simple life was so simple, no. When I jumped out, 
on the road Just got no love, no love you cabrio Ain't got nobody waiting And here's what a tool I am last night I'm sitting here listening to all of these Trying to figure out I love David Lee Roth. Oh my god, do that again. Yeah. Trying to figure out which of these takes ended up on the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I forgot all about that. I'm sorry. I have to stop it. I forgot all about that moment. So that is the great thing about finding stuff like this, is you hear things that you that didn't make it onto the final record and you get a little glimpse into what could have been what might have been um and so i'm listening to all of these acapella takes last night trying to figure out which of these takes and which of these lines ended up being the final album version but how weird is that that it's and i'm there's no way that that's on the final the product of run with the devil at a certain point david lee roth just decided in his head he needed one of those little whistly things on the record let me see if i can let me skip ahead on this and we'll touch to steve castle over here in just a few but let me see if i can uh That's genius. I don't know why it's genius. It just is. Okay, but here's the one. Here's the other thing, and I'll play this, and then we'll uh, and then we'll talk to Steve. This I've isolated down just a bunch of great moments. This is so great and so absurd all at once. This is just a bunch of David Lee Roth sort of scatting vocal styles over Running with the Devil. And again, this is just an isolated a cappella track from the original Van Halen sessions. I'm going to excerpt part of this out, and I swear to God, I'm going to make it my cell phone ring. I found the simple life. What's so simple? No. When I jumped out on the road, ain't got no love. No love you'd call real. No. Ain't got nobody waiting at home. I'm goddamn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. I better pay attention. He's crazy. I'll tell you once again. I mean, this doesn't make any sense at all. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from uh, New York City. I found the simple life. Singing and radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you? I don't even want to talk about the news now. I just want to talk about that. How great is that? And this guy last night, and again, I, uh, it's probably not a big deal, but I don't know who he got. He got this from a guy who worked the original Van Halen 1 sessions. And he apparently has been carrying around the CD because he knows I'm a big David Lee Roth fan. He's like, I've been carrying around the CD of the original Van Halen vocal tracks from Running with the Devil. you got to hear this. And I sat in my driveway and listened to that for 20 minutes last night. Just all of these weird David Lee Roth. Some of them I recognized as the versions that ended up on the record. Some of them ended up, you know, just on the cutting room floor. There's ones where he's using like a weird whistling thing. And Hilarious. I don't know if he's just crazy or if he was high or probably both because he's David Lee Roth. I mean, it's just, you know, it, 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 and it's the sort of thing that strips of any context just sounds off the charts ridiculous, but at the same time, it is what makes that guy and that music so wonderful. It's so endlessly entertaining. Oh, man. I, I It's one of the best things I've ever heard. I mean, and I don't think that's just me, and if your reaction is any indication, it's not just me, that I could sit and listen to weird rock and roll artifacts like that all day long. 
Yeah, oh, I can too. Like when they had the um, the Beatles release years ago, when when they did all those uh, remixing. What was it of the White Album? I can't remember which which it was, but they they released uh, that 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 Beatles album that was like all these other takes of the song. Oh well, they did the anthology, and there were weird alternate versions of alternate stuff. Versions, yeah, that yeah. was right. Yeah, and I love that. There is this famous tape that my friend has that is a. Um, uh, that it is a 45-minute version of Helter Skelter. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's just some where they were, had first come up with the song, and I think they were all a little lit on whatever, and they just decided, like, hey, we're just going to jam on it, and it just goes for almost an hour. And it's it's interesting. It's not anything you'd want to, like, listen to all the time, but it is fascinating to hear. That's why I find bootlegs so fascinating, because they are a time... What bootlegs are, not to get too uh, hippy-trippy about it, but bootlegs of any kind are sort of this weird window in the space-time continuum that lets you look back. Um, they're like one of those moving pictures in the Harry Potter film. They're one of those windows that let you look back and see a specific moment in time that otherwise you would only have ever heard about. They are a limited kind of tra time travel, almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, one of those takes sounds like... Uh... Take number 158. <laughs> he sounds like he's a little tired. There is this section on this bootleg where he's just doing the harmony at the end where they go, running with the devil. And the, the engineer, Ted Templeman, is making him do it like a hundred times in a row, and everyone is worse than the one before it. Oh, man. And at the end, he's just croaking, running with it. And he has no voice uh, uh, left at all. This It reminds me of a really great Kiss bootleg I have of Kiss on the... Um, on the the Love Gun tour, and it's not a tremendously good bootleg in terms of the band sound because it's from far away and it's a really you know homemade recording with like a Radio Shack tape deck. But the great thing about it is, and this was like 1977, I believe. So Kiss is playing in the background, and you hear Paul Stanley singing whatever. And right next to the guy who's recording the bootleg, you hear this whole conversation between these two teenagers who are at the concert. And it's all a girl going, you going to Dave's party later? I don't know. Dave's parents might be home, but I heard he's got some great weed. You know, and, well, I don't know. I was going to go hook up with that girl later, but I think I might pick her up and then we'll go to get Dave's party. And you <laughs> listen to this bootleg and it's so fascinating because I would give anything to know who those kids were. What did they look like? Did they go to Dave's party? You know, what was Dave's party really like? And that was 30 years ago. Those kids, are, they're almost 50 by now. Uh, but through the miracle of this bootleg, you can just get a tiny little bit of transportation back into what their world was like that night. It's not a recreation. It's not some teen film set in the 70s. It's a recording of the real deal. It's fascinating. It, it sounds like the conversation was taking place uh, in my high school band's uh, rehearsal studio. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Were you in a band? Oh, yeah. What, were they, what was the name of your band? Oh, there were several. Um, back in high school, we were the Rafters with two Fs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Rafters. But of it wasn't course. reggae. Everybody thought it was a reggae band. We weren't. We were we were sort of sort of social distortion-y type band. Excellent. Um, I was in a band called Cactus Dream Dogs. <laughs> uh, I was in a band called Lift Your Skirt Lori. <laughs> and that was all. That was a band that, that actually was the, the the front man was a woman. It was uh, she wrote all the songs, so so it was kind of funny. Please please tell me there's audio of any of these bands. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I was in a, a pretty good band called Pez Farm for a while. Pez Farm. Pez Farm. Welcome to the Pez Farm. What was your what was your uh, function in this in this band? I played guitar in all of these bands. Okay, you have to hook us up with the audio. Oh, I can do that. In fact, I was cleaning house the other day and I found a bunch of the old um, uh, DAT tapes, you know, from the recordings and stuff like uh -huh. that. So. I, gotta, I don't think I have a DAT in here, but i got to find one in the studio somewhere, and then uh, 
I can do that. Okay. Sure. That is that is genius. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'll uh, yeah. You you uh, you let me know, and then I'll uh, I'll let you know in return. We're I, we're running uh, overtime today because of our, our David Lee Roth discussion. But I the the thing I really wanted to know about was this uh, was Marion Jones, and that's because. This is like almost a decade ago now, right, that there were these allegations that she was on steroids, and it turns out that now that it actually was the case. And the best part is, and I have sound of this, and it's a really quick soundbite of her in 2004 vehemently denying Fantastic. that she ever took it. Here it is. There exists no one who can truthfully testify that I have ever used performance-enhancing drugs simply for the reason that I never have. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love the barely concealed glee in your voice, too. That's the best part about it. Did she finally cop to this herself for no real reason, or did somebody dig up evidence on it? The evidence kept piling up against her. Her coach is going to be on trial for giving steroids to athletes. She claims, just like a lot of other athletes uh, did who are involved in this same uh, Bay Area lab cooperative, uh-huh. uh, that she thought that she was getting flaxseed oil. Uh-huh, yeah. So uh, right. then okay. she later found out that it was not and that it was a, a performance-enhancing drug. Flaxseed oil is the, I had a lot of poppy seed muffins this morning of right. the early 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't understand how you mistake flaxseed oil for, uh, I mean, steroids for flaxseed oil. I don't know. I think I'm going to start using that excuse just for things in my in my everyday life. Like if I'm late with the rent, flaxseed oil. That's what's to blame for that. What uh, is flaxseed oil? I don't even know. What I don't even know what flax is. I think flax, isn't that what hippies make, weave their purses out of or something? I don't know. Oh, it's going to freak me out for the rest of it. Lift your skirt, Lori. Why did you have a band? Who was Lori and why was she... so hilarious. Why was she lifting her skirt? Apparently, uh, I joined this band afterwards as as lead guitarist. Pretty good band. She was uh, sort of like a Ricky Lee Jones, but a little bit more rockish uh, style to her. And she told me that... Uh, at a show one day uh, before she had the band form, like she was just playing acoustic, and somebody in in, in, the, uh, in the club yelled, yelled out, "Lift your skirt, Lori!" Excellent. That just became the name of the band. Fantastic. And then of course, and real quickly here, Pez Farm. What sort of music did Pez Farm play? Was this also sort of edgy alt rock, or what did you guys play? Yeah, it was, it was definitely very very alt rockish. It was um, how can I how can I put it? I mean, the bands that we liked at the time were like Super Chunk, um, uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. Which is the band that? That's sort of the emo. The... Well, well, yeah. Sunny Day Real Estate is the band. Uh, several of the members are now in Foo Fighters. So. All yeah. right. You're, you know, your hip quotient is going up by leaps and bounds with every moment you talk here. Thank God. All right. Please to be hooking us up in the future with some Pez Farm audio, sir. I will. All right. Enjoy your weekend, Steve. We'll have a, we'll have a speaks with you soon. Thanks. Thank you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Steve. Okay, that is so awesome. Cast and bomb. Pez Farm woman. No, 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 no. Found the simple life wasn't so simple, no. When I jumped out of the road, ain't got no love, no love you'd call real, no. Ain't got nobody waiting at home, no. I'm goddamn it, baby, no, I ain't lying to you. I'm only gonna tell you one time. I better pay attention. Woo! And now we welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, CNN Radio Correspondent, Bob Costantini. Hello, Bob. I feel like I should be screaming, Rick. (laughs) Would you like to try it again? No, that's okay. All right. I'm sorry for the, de- for, sorry for the delay there. Everything's running a couple minutes behind today. Did Scotty tell you that he's wearing a shirt today that he bought, uh, bought for $7 and purchased at a grocery store? Uh, no, but um, 
<laughs> I'm sure he appreciates you telling the entire uh, listening audience there. It's what we do, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it's going to be uh, kind of quick today because I know that there's a whole lot else in this because we sort of had this as it was uh, as it was a breaking story yesterday. Yeah. But so, but as as Drudge as Drudge put it, Drudge put the last uh, the last four words of the famous six word quote about Larry Craig is that I'm here, get used to it. So. So he's just uh, he's just going to stay in the Senate, and and he's he's uh, you know the, the judge refused to throw out his his plea, but he's going to stay anyway. And uh, it seems like is this going to show up even backhandedly? Do you suppose in any sort of um in any sort of Democratic uh, campaigning as things go on that the Republicans can't seem to stay scandal free? Well, it um, it probably won't be directly uh, brought up. It seems to me, Rick, um, but it's always going to be in the back of mind the minds of people. Uh, this this is the sort of uh, a scandal, if you will, that uh, uh, just can go by itself and doesn't have to be brought up repeatedly. Um, in Idaho, in particular, of course, uh, it remains to be seen how all this will play out, whether or not it would put uh, the uh, Senate seat there in play uh, next year. Um, but uh, you know, it's 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 got legs in that you know it involves allegations of homosexuality and that kind of thing, and it. And it's 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 the sort of thing that most of the GOP members who have come out and said that he should um, he should resign immediately, uh, they all feel that this is just the, the, the I don't know uh, such a a bad thing for the party to uh, to be represented with um, and that kind of thing. And, and John Ensign, who was a senator from Nevada, said it's embarrassing for the Senate and it's embarrassing for our party yesterday, um, and immediately called for Craig to step down. Um, as, as he had originally planned. Enton is charged, by the way, with uh, electing more Republicans to the Senate, so this doesn't make his job uh, a little bit easier, especially when there are 22 Republican seats that have to be defended you know, uh, next year. Really, 2008 is going to be the greatest and worst election year in the history of the world. It really <laughs> is. It's going to be all things great and awful. It'll be interesting. Uh, but a lot of Republicans are calling on Craig to step down as immediately as he had said. Uh, haven't heard from Senator Smith uh, out your way, um, but uh, you know a lot of them see that this is just going to be a distraction. I think we're going to support him. I think we're going to send Larry Craig a basket of fruit or something. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. Enjoy your weekend, Bob. We'll talk to you, you soon. You too. There you go, right. Bob Costantini, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. There you go. All right. Uh, we'll break here in a second. We'll come back with Tim Riley. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing today? What, what's up? Best show ever. Thank you, sir. Hey, that um, that whistle did make it onto the album. Oh, Running it's, with the devil. Is it's on? Is it on Running with the Devil? Yeah. Uh, is it? Uh, well, where is it at? I don't think I've ever heard it. That's kind of strange. And I've heard that song a billion times. I don't think I've ever noticed the whistle. It's faint, but I think it, it goes into the first chorus as he's just like it is on that um, James Brown wannabe little sample you just had there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's what's great about David Lee Roth is he's just a man that knows no shame. He just, you know what I mean? He just can't like in David Lee Roth's head, he is always at some kind of a carnival, I think. He is always in front of like ladies and gentlemen, you know, and it's it's a whole lot of you know, lions and tigers and the two-headed woman. It's he is always he is like a carnival barker at heart who just ended up being in a rock band somehow. And he's got and he's got like this cowboy first name and the Jewish last name and he, he you know and he he and he looks like Robert Plant but he he seems like a surfer and he's just the weirdest greatest guy. So 
David Lee Roth is a is a cartoon character all in his own. No, it's true. He really, I think he really did miss his calling by taking his show to Vegas. I mean, rather than just doing this crap of rejoining Van Halen, he really should have just started the David Lee Roth Show Tunes Review on Vegas. I mean, that really was his calling. I think. Well, even when you start videotaping your own barbecues at your house, <laughs> yes, that's uh, it's true. Pretty pretty out there. Multi Bob, <laughs> sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Rick. Bye now. All right. Um. Are these, uh, Scotty, what is the nature of these phone calls so I know if I should take them now? Should I take these before the break or after? I don't know if these are, uh, these are, well, they're about bacon, really? <laughs> well, that seems before, yes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, uh, I was just calling to thank you guys about whoever called in about that bacon-flavored salt. Bacon salt, yeah, that was, uh, I don't know who it was, some guy called about that. I just ordered it. And, uh, Excellent. Uh, so, uh, did you order the hickory kind or the regular kind, or? The trifecta, I got all three. Excellent. So did they say how long you have to wait for the bacon salt to arrive? Uh, actually, I ordered it on Monday, and it came in yesterday. So and uh, so you, have you sampled all of them? Have you tried it? Actually, I bought it for a woman who loves bacon and salt, so I'm waiting for her to get back into town to give them to her. And oh, then, you're wooing oh. her with bacon salt? <laughs> That's the way to a woman's heart serves through bacon and salt. Because she stopped being a vegetarian for bacon, but, you know. Excellent. All right. Thank you, my friend. Let us know how she responds to that gift. I shall. All right, there you go. To woo women. A woman who loves bacon and salt. When he saw that there was bacon salt, he must have been happier than any man has ever been. All right, we will uh, take a break here. Tim Riley, are you preparing news for us? I am. Oh, I just watched that video about that teenager who went crazy. Yeah. I posted it on my blog. Really? How satisfying is it? Do not resist the police request. No. When they have you, at least by, well, if they're anywhere near you, comply with your, the request by the law enforcement officials. Yeah, Every when time. they when they say just, you know, let's let, let's put you in the car for now, we'll sort it out later, say yes. And whatever you do, don't decide to deal with the situation by biting a police officer who is armed. And don't put the handcuffs on the back of your neck. You'll die. Yeah, so there you go. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show. strange. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. People won't stop sending me emails about this story. Governor Kulingowski has joined Mayor Tom Potter to announce later this month Oregon will be part of the largest anti-terrorism exercise in the nation's history. This is called Operation Tapa, and it begins October 15th. Now, we understand much of this will be staged at Portland International Raceway along the Columbia River. It also spread to other parts of the Portland metro area. Is that where uh, a terrorist attack is likely to happen? Is it the raceway? I guess so. So, just, that's really, so it'll affect the coup also. That's really right striking way. us where we live right there. Mm-hmm. And for that story with all the people from Vancouver come down to buy lottery tickets? Yes. That'll put an end to that. All right. Uh, it's a big deal for Portland and a big deal for uh, Oregon. So they're going to be closing this or impacting the steel bridge for like four days. 
It's not next week. It's the week after. It says more than 4,000 people in the Portland region and nearly 15,000 people internationally will simultaneously participate in this exercise. It doesn't seem like it really is an effective exercise if everybody in advance knows it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really... How does that really work? That's like when they tell us, like, we'll get those things at CBS. There will be a fire drill tomorrow at 10, 15 a.m. When the alarm goes off, it is not a real fire. It is only a drill, which, of course, means that the whole thing is effectively pointless. I'm done thinking about it. Don't let it trouble you. I'm not. I got this email. Rick, did you see this in today's Oregonian? Portland, see if you can spot the weird sentence here. In today's Oregonian, Portland planning director Gil Kelly has proposed a shocking revolutionary new use for a bridge. It says, rather than have the river as a separator, this bridge has the potential to literally join the two banks, said Kelly. He's proposing a new bridge, and this is what he says about it. He says, this bridge has the potential to join the two banks, you know, the east and west banks of the mighty Willamette River. I don't understand what that statement means. Like, that's something the public's demanding. Well, I mean, don't all the, what is it, like the other 15 bridges already do that? Mm-hmm. So, apparently he's uh, he's thinking outside the box with that. Here's Tim Riley. Uh-oh. Expansion of Portland's wireless internet network has been suspended. Oh. Now, currently only 20% of Portland is covered. Has anybody ever used this thing down here? Uh, apparently it's supposed to come in, but not very well. Well, you know, there's some company that allegedly is doing it, of all places, in Southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing in my home. I only have a desktop, and I don't have, you know, my laptop is from, like, 1970, and so it doesn't... I got my laptop the same place you did, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I had it for, like, a week, and I plugged it in and just started smoking. <laughs> and I actually was so angry about it. This is how angry I am, and you know I'm a cheapskate, but I was actually so angry that I just ate it. I ate the money, and I didn't take it back. I was just like, screw that, lesson learned, chalking it up, I don't ever want to go there again. Um, well, I knew I was going to be disappointed with a Windows unit anyway, so I was even more disappointed than I originally nice. thought. Glad you could get your once-per-day minimum Windows dig in there. Mm-hmm. So, no, I plugged it in, it just kind of went, you know, improper, but you, everything is being destroyed. <laughs> and I kind of went... Okay. And so I just put it in the closet. And I never thought about it again. But um, that's why I was panic-stricken, because I, I put all my financial records on this thing. Yeah, so yeah. I was quicken. Well, and then, do you have this whole thing about if you have an outdated laptop, you don't want to throw it away. Because, you know, I don't know, whatever, it might have, like, your uh, the password, like a checking account or something yeah. on it. But, I mean... I have a laptop that's sitting underneath my actual computer that I can't, that won't turn on anymore, and I have so much information on so, there. So what do you do with that? How do you get rid of an old laptop? You call some geek to come to your house and fix it. But I don't need it fixed. I just need it destroyed. Maybe they'll do that, too. Maybe. Maybe I just, just I don't think it in a bucket of water. I don't think that works. Oh. I don't. I don't know that. So, I think that works with like a toaster oven. Acid. Maybe. I need a bag of lye and a shovel. Well, you get that figured out. I'm going to toss my laptop in with yours. Okay. Anyway, so but nothing in my house does Wi-Fi. The only person I know who uses Wi-Fi is uh, Jan, Aaron's wife. And I think it's like some... I think her Wi-Fi is, frankly, some weird doomsday thing that she built herself in, like, the basement, and she has orbiting Earth right now. So I don't even... There, there is a place in Tannisport that I like to go to a coffee shop, and it does have free Wi-Fi, and it does work there. Starbucks always does that, so... It's um, not free, though. You get to... Uh... Did you, you buy something? Yeah, you got to uh, be part of a certain service. I can't remember what it is. Oh, it, it doesn't, doesn't take any. It doesn't just work with anybody? No, no, no. You have to pay a monthly fee for that. So I don't understand how the, the, the city was going to be providing Wi-Fi to everybody, right? And it says here only 20% is done. So how would the city make money on that? In other words, how would that not be a big money loser for the city? Of well, apparently it has been, so they've abandoned oh. all hope for it. <laughs> the end. <laughs>
Okay. Well, and we're done. It was a great idea on paper. Well, but did something to the taxpayers for nothing. Didn't they didn't they learn this idea around 2000 when the internet bubble imploded this whole Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to give away our product on the internet for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, what is your what is your marketing plan? How will you make money? We have no answer to that question. And then they're surprised when the thing fails. Oh, uh, I heard some weird thing on a show the other day. Really? That seems strange. <laughs> but it, it wasn't <laughs> was ours. It between the hours of 11 and 3? Oh, okay. No, it was, uh, it's on the media, some uh, PBS radio show. Anyway, they're putting together this cell phone company that'll give you the phone for free, but the, the catch is if you're talking about something, yeah. a certain topic, that will surface on the screen telling you where to buy it. Oh, that's creepy. So the computer I don't like is that listening to your phone call saying, I'm hungry right now. So a Burger King ad will flash on your phone. I don't want that at all. In no way do I want that. I prefer to live with this sort of, look, let me just say this. I'm fully aware that the government is listening to everything I do, everywhere I go, no matter what activity I'm taking part in, the government is monitoring every word that comes out of my head. But I prefer to live with the illusion that I have privacy. I know it's just an illusion, yeah. but at least leave me the illusion. A phone, and so if you're talking about being hungry, it'll put up like a like a restaurant ad on your phone. Yeah, that's just creepy. That's like when you use that Google Mail or something, and it's like, and you're typing. Oh, I like, never use that thing. I'm afraid of Google. Google knows too much about. I'm afraid of Google. Well, it, it's the Stasi of the computer age. We ought to start a new word like a Google phobia, fear, Google phobia, and it would be. It wouldn't just be Google though, but it would be a fear. Fear that computer systems, email programs, ISPs, or other internet services know too much about your personal slash private life. Google phobia. Okay. Google does. Google Every- knows too much about everybody. Everyone, start using that right now. This is a note. This is an internet meme. And I'm, I'm gonna worst. No, I'm gonna Google Google phobia. I'm doing it. Re- so am I actually, because I'm retarded. How stupid are we? Uh, the answer very. is very stupid. Google phobia. Oh, it's already there. There's the war to take down 1,300 responses on it already. But there's no definition, though. In other words, people are sort of using it, uh, but nobody's actually, like, it, 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 it doesn't actually, um, people are using it as a headline or a catchy name for an article, but there's no actual definition of it anywhere. We should start Did you write Google Phobia definition? No. You should put it into put it Wikipedia. Thing we're afraid of. <laughs> um, Web definitions for Google Phobia. Is there, is there an actual definition? There is. Is it a fear of Google? I, I that fear that Google sense. is taking over everything and threatening to become the next Microsoft. Tim Riley suffers from Google-phobia. Well, that's different, though. That's sort of fear of Google in a business sense. This is fear of Google knowing everything about you and having and becoming a, becoming its own living thing that's going to kill us all, which it will. But, yeah, did you, I mean, if you use Yahoo, it's the same thing. If you use Yahoo Mail and you're typing, like, blah, 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 hamburger, and, like, hamburger will be underlined and it becomes a clickable link that takes you to some product page somewhere. And I noticed any site that I go to... That has those Amazon.com ads. Yeah. It always makes suggestions for my last purchase. Yeah. Even, yeah. If, even if you're not asking for Amazon.com, it pops up out of nowhere trying to sell Okay. Something. Have you noticed that Amazon.com is really weirdly accurate, too, with some of their suggestions? Yeah. Like, creepily so. I will go to Amazon occasionally and be like, hey, hello, Rick Emerson. You ought to buy the following five books and 12 CDs, and every one of them are things that I was, like, just moments ago thinking about buying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in your head somehow. Yeah, those companies are evil. So, um, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not, I would not use such a cell phone, though. So, yeah, that's just creepy. Whoa, what is that sound? Oh, this is the uh, video of that cop spray painting that uh, spray painting the 15-year-old girl. Spray painting? Yeah. Now, is it clean? Do we know that there's... Uh, do we know that this is clean? Oh, it's off Breitbart, so it's never yeah. going to play correctly. 
hand behind your back. Put your hand behind your back. It's a weird rattling noise happening. It's in the right channel. Well, she's brushing up against his mic. Oh, I see. Do we know if this is clean? I think so. Put your hand behind okay, Scotty. <laughs> Let's just plunge on ahead. Put your other hand behind your back. Don't resist me. Put your hand behind your back. She's not trying to go to jail, which she clearly is, though. She yeah. clearly is doing everything she can. And see, the thing is, if you just listen to it, she sounds really pathetic. She sounds like the cop is beating up on her. If you watch this, the cop is being so reasonable. He is doing exactly what a cop should do. She's not cooperating. She's lying. Her head is on the hood of the car. Okay. Oh yeah. See, she's being, she's such a drama queen about it too. We, should, we have to stop yeah, that. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. Just get, get, go to my uh, go blog. It's on there. Yeah, go to go to Tim's blog. Go to rickemerson.com. Go to Tim's blog and watch it. Um, and it's just, she is, she's clearly aware that she's being watched or videotaped until she's just playing it up. Not unlike and the, the tasing kid. also knows he's on camera because he keeps looking up and yeah. enunciating his words to the camera. Oh, no. he's The cop is doing it exactly yeah, right. And sure. he, all he's doing is trying to get her to put her hands behind her back so he can handcuff her. And she just is refusing. I mean, it's one thing if the cop is like trying to beat you around or whatever, but she she will not even stand still long enough for him to like talk to her and say, "Look, I need to get your hands behind your back because you're resisting arrest." He does everything, and then and we certainly call out the police when they do something wrong. But he does everything you're supposed to do, yeah. and, and he's by himself. Oh, and he's by himself. That's yeah. the other thing. He's he's alone by himself. He has no idea what's going on. He's the only cop there, and she just continues to just be just a just a bitch about it. And just is a drama queen, like off the charts, like he's like he's pistol whipping her or something. And then she finally, she just bites him. She starts biting him. And what's so great is that at that moment, just without hesitation, he just pepper sprays her right in the face. And it's just, and you, you, you want to stand up and applaud. Oh, you do. You want to send him like a like, dear cop. That was the dear. You are the greatest thing ever. The audience for you. to their feet. Yeah. yeah. Somebody should re-edit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by somebody, I mean a listener. Scotty. Somebody should re-edit that and put and put in some a big some applause at the end. Somebody should re somebody should recut that with just a huge like sitcom cheer at the end, uh, right when she gets sprayed in the face. It is it's fantastic. Why is Richie staring in the window? Richie Bristol? Yes. I don't know. He's working on something. He's evil. Say so here's something that's going to irritate everybody this weekend. Excellent. It's the 36th annual Portland Marathon. Oh no. Uh, what are they curing? Well, they never cure anything. Oh okay. That's, didn't they? Yeah, that is true. Nothing, people, no, nothing is ever cured. I know. They just run it to get the free T-shirts so they can wear it all year going, I ran the marathon. Oh, that's true. Uh, let's see. Registration is closed. Uh, entries will be sold for $150 at the Marathon Expo. You uh, paying to run? Apparently so. You can run for free. I can go outside and run for free right now. Mm-hmm. Why would you pay to run? I don't know. That it's doesn't make crazy. any sense at all. So that's going to be Sunday. All right. Uh, so that'll irritate everybody. Let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. Hey, I wanted to uh, clear up some stuff with the uh, Balco. The flax oil was uh With was Balco? Clear. Well, do you remember uh, Marion uh, Jones, is it? Oh, the yeah, the, the, yeah, the runner, yeah, with the steroids and the hey, hey. Yeah, yeah you were talking about what flax oil is, but uh, that was the uh, clear that uh, Bonds was supposed to take. So they put it under your tongue. It was It was like oil. Right. So, wait, but so, well. so you think, so do they really take this? Oh, and to cover up the steroids, or is this what they take and they claim that it... I don't even know what we're talking about now. It was the roid itself. So uh, okay. it was, uh, you put it sublingual, goes uh, transdermal right through your skin, and uh, and uh, you get uh, huge. So okay. that was that was Marion. 
And uh, on Van Halen, I just wanted to add my two cents. If yes, you isolated uh, Eddie playing guitar, it would sound a whole lot better than David Lee Roth singing. So. Oh, you take that back right now, you bastard. I do not. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Bye now. Yeah. All right. We'll have to d agree to disagree on that, my friend. I found the simple life. One so simple, no. When I jumped out. It really is only great when he starts going mental at the end. And listen to how bad he is on this final note. When the, he does the waiting at home line. No, ain't got nobody waiting at home. I'm goddamn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. You better put his hands behind his back. <laughs> oh, somebody should mix him with the tasing guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is fantastic. That it's you know, if he'd just done that on his CBS radio show, it might have been it might have been more successful. If he'd just done that instead of interviewing his sister every day. Oh, I almost forgot about that show. Oh, I know. Everybody at CBS is everybody at CBS is saying that same thing. Oh, damn, I almost forgot about the David Lee Roth show for a minute. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Larry Craig vows to stay despite the possibility of disciplinary action by the Senate committee. You know, he secretly wants disciplinary action. Mm -hmm. His uh, attorney, Stanley Brand, said he's not very concerned. The Senate has never disciplined anyone for misdemeanor con conduct that has nothing to do with official duties. He doesn't think that Larry Craig stands to lose his job. No, I don't think there are two-thirds vote to expel somebody for a misdemeanor. So anyway, going down to Louisiana, a guy who was running for Senate quits. He says it's health reasons. Now, from what party? You know, it doesn't say. Really? It does not say. Okay. I've looked through this entire story a couple times. I'll Google his name right now. What's his name? He is Joey DiFatta. D-I-F-A-T-T-A. He is now a uh, councilman. In, Joey uh, DiFatta. Joey DiFatta. Mm -hmm. Joey DiFatta sounds like it. It, it, he hanged up with Joey the Lips. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a Republican. All right. Sorry. I, well, why did I even bother to look it up? Okay, yeah. So, anyway, uh, police issued a misdemeanor summons to Mr. DeFatta in uh, September 1996 in connection with a peeping Tom incident inside a men's bathroom inside of Mervyn's. Uh, Mr. DeFatta watched the man use the bathroom while peering through a hole in the stall. The man held Mr. DeFatta until police arrived. At that time, he was issued a misdemeanor summons. I just want to be held. Uh, and eventually, the uh, complaint was withdrawn. Then, in the second incident, uh, Mr. DeFatta slid his foot into the deputy's stall and tapped the deputy's foot in another restroom. Did he incident. not get the memo? We're done with foot tapping. It's well, this is before that. Oh, I see. Yeah, this is before that. Okay. And then the detective asked, what do you want? And Mr. DeFatta replied, I want to play with you. Oh, oh, oh. Mr. DeFatta also used a hand signal to indicate he wanted to engage in sex and use a language that indicated the same. Like, he, let's have sex? Let's see here. It doesn't say. I want to play with you. Well, anyway, the uh, detective didn't push it any further because several children entered the bathroom at that point. Uh, all right. Uh, then the deputy confronted DePatta outside the restroom, and Mr. DePatta apologized and said he would not return ever. Mm -hmm. okay. So this didn't come up till yesterday, and so now he's uh, quitting due to health reasons. Uh, yes, all right. Please put barrettes in my hair. Rick, the Metro Wi-Fi system is the suck. It does work pretty well if you happen to sit right smack dab in the middle of Pioneer Courthouse Square. Just don't walk to that. Uh, don't walk too close to the Starbucks or Mass Track or a plastic bag or tinfoil or smoke or get in a slight breeze or anything. Who would want to sit in Pioneer Courthouse Square? 
with all those uh, street urchins oh, man. fighting people. I know I mentioned this the other day, but I'm reading this book called uh, All God's Children, which is about the Pioneer Courthouse Square street kids, those actual kids. Those are God's children? Uh, I, well, I didn't know. No, if they're a lesser god, uh, children the, of a lesser god, the, the semi-Christ, the uh, so it's about those kids though who hang out in Pioneer Courthouse Square, and it, 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 the book starts by talking about this like horrific stomping murder that happened about I don't know like in '99 or so that those kids cared at, and you know where the, and you know where the murder happened? The murder happened about a block from here. Right across from that 7-Eleven on First and Arthur down the street, there's that Legrand uh, that Legrand Industrial Place that is just like about a block and a half from here. Uh, and if you drive from the east side, you pass it every single time, and that's it's weird because it's still a homeless encampment. Um, anyway, it's really weird to read a book about the city where you live. I mean, it, it, it's, especially one that takes place in very contemporary times. Um, Anyway, he says, a screw-free Wi-Fi. It's not American. I have no need for the pinko internet, comrade. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, you were talking about uh, your laptops. The best way to get rid of something like that, if you cannot take the hard drive out of it and hook it up through another one to format it, is magnets. Large magnets will totally screw everything up on a hard drive. Is that true? Yeah. Do I stick them inside somehow? Do I just sort of wave them over the top? or uh, Stick it to it. I mean, get as large of a magnet as possible. I mean, that's one way that hackers have things set up to... Where do you buy a large magnet? Magnet store. Home Depot. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, all right then. Okay. Yeah, that, that's yeah. one way hackers have, you know, some Hacker. things... Uh, I've seen them, you know, they've had it on movies and stuff. Where they have things set up where if the, the man's coming through the door, their computers are all set up to, with an electromagnet that automatically turns on and erases the hard drive. Excellent. All right. Thank you, sir. The man, the flatfoot, John Law, the fuzz, the dick, the heat. All right. I just go. got a, a text message from one of my friends saying he almost crashed his van because he's laughing too much at the David Lee Roth sounder. Dude, I, I've got you know what 30 minutes want. of that. I've, yeah, I've got half I'm an just hour. Saying, I'm, I've never doubt you, and I know. I, I, I know. know you know what the people need. Is, that, is that a man or a woman? Uh, it's my friend Luke. It's a man. Of course. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. I know what guys like to hear. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, the new iPod Nano is hot, but one Douglasville, uh, Georgia man, said his old Nano got even hotter, hot enough to burst into flames. I looked down, and there were flames coming out of my chest. It burned a hole in the pocket of his uh, britches, and uh, it only took 15 minutes to be inflamed. He said an iPod Nano and no, a glossy no. piece of paper set on fire. He believes the paper uh, shielded him from being burned, though. The iPod uses a lithium-ion battery, the same type of battery being recalled after setting laptops on fire. That's like those guys who had their uh, junk set on fire because they were sitting there typing in the nude for whatever reason with a laptop sitting on their... Uh... On their lap, mm. and uh, no no pants of any kind, and then suddenly, hey hey, my scrotum's on fire. Those are they were, a couple years ago. Those were all the rage in the paper. Oh, speaking of which, it is this weekend. I'm finally going to bite the bullet, and I'm not going to install Vista. Everybody on Earth warned me against installing Vista. People who own Vista, people. I, there's a guy who emailed me who begged you. He is an IT person. And he, uh, his company exists, like 80% of their business is helping people who have Vista running on their computer. So he actually makes money on Vista, and he told me not to install it. So everybody said to install XP Pro on my home computer. 
I guess they're going to stop selling it in December, so I've got to go buy it now. So that's what I'm going to do this weekend. So people have been asking. I'm going to upgrade my ancient operating system to Windows XP Pro uh, this weekend. That'll be happening this weekend at uh, the home of Rick Emerson. Here's Tim Riley. We'll be looking forward to it. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, the White House continues to be pressed about torture. In her daily presidential uh, speech, Dana Perino torture repeatedly insisted the U.S. does not torture terror suspects. Uh, the president insisted this government does not torture people. Well, she got into a heated discussion with uh, some members of the media today. I don't think there is ambiguity. We, we are not torturing. Well, what would, what would make it better? What would make it better? That we should tell everybody exactly what we have? You want to know the techniques that we use that we can tell exactly apply to what we're going to do? That's absurd. Oh, she is really hot. She really is. I know what she needs. I'm sorry. Was that out loud? <laughs> no, she's just so... That was really weird. No, seriously, she's just so, like, she's just so mean and horrid. Uh, I don't can, think there is ambiguity. You can we, tell she needs a little relaxing. We are not torturing. Well, what would, what would make it better? What would make it better? That we should tell everybody exactly what we have? You want to know the techniques that we use so we can tell exactly apply to what we're going to do? That's absurd. You know what it means when they're all angry and, uh, you know, uppity like that. Yeah. There's a no change in the U.S. In- <laughs> I just say that stuff to see Sarah. To see Sarah, look at me and roll her eyes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he, he wants to make sure that the American people know that first and foremost, he's going to do everything he can within the law to make sure that they are protected from terrorists who want to harm us. And secondly, he wanted to make sure people knew that we do not torture anybody, no matter what they would do to us. The laws are that we do not torture. No, we don't. What is that word they've started using? They don't call it torture. They call it um. Gentle prodding. <laughs> gentle prodding. We do not use unauthorized painful interrogation techniques. I have put this program in place for a reason, and that is to better protect the American people. And when we find somebody who may have information regarding a potential attack on America, you bet we're going to detain them. And you bet we're going to question them. Gentle, uh, gentle mm-hmm. cattle prodding. I think they call it extreme interrogation. This is called aggressive aggressive interrogation. They're going to continue to use that because the American people expect us to find out information, uh, actionable intelligence, so we can help them, help protect them. That's our job. Protect them. All right. Yes, we do not torture. You know, we 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 stick to U.S. law and our international obligations. There are highly trained professionals questioning. These uh, extremists and terrorists. Like Blackwater employees. Yes, exactly. You can tell, by the way, there's that whole thing about you can tell when somebody's lying because they start to blink their eyes really rapidly. Mm-hmm. Bush does that. He does it in a verbal blink. Can you play that last sound bite again? Listen to the verbal blink that happens at the beginning here. You know, we 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 stick to U.S. Right law and he's li- you can our tell international he's obligations. There are highly trained professionals questioning. These uh, extremists and terrorists. I learned that in Beef of Vendetta. And I, oh, because of the the uh, Natalie Portman makes that thing about you can tell that when she's covering a story she doesn't believe. Yeah. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. I just wanted to call to apologize and grovel for yesterday. Don't, don't hate me, bro. I, oh, is this the guy from the band who will not be named? Oh, yeah. Is this the band who that, that's never <laughs> that going to get... That I saw at MySpace posting, and he's probably ch- calling to Horror's band right now? That, that, we're, that we're never going to plug again because because of the hideous joke yesterday? I'm not calling for a plug. You don't have to say anything. I, I didn't say who I was and what band I was from. I just want to apologize. It, oh, it was funny, yeah. but inappropriate. Uh-huh. Yeah, this but is... you, you got to admit that, you know, you know, like half the people that went to that site in the audience played that same trick on their friends yesterday. Oh, it's true. No, and it happened in the studio as well. So thanks for that. Thanks for uh, thanks for thanks you for... got a guy fired for looking at gay porn. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, as far as I you really know, get somebody did. fired. Well, as far yeah. as, as far as we're telling you, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I love you guys. <laughs> I'll bake your cookies. Okay. Hey, wait, Rick. I heard this yeah. really. I downloaded this album from iTunes. It's a really good band. They're called oh, The Wonderstruck. We'll go check it out. <laughs> the Wonderstrucks? Is that what they're the called? Wonder the Wonderstrucks. They're awesome. I don't know anything the about Wonderstrucks. that. The Wonderstrucks. Are they local? Uh, yeah, they are local. Um, they they're like in the media industry too. They kick ass. Do they have a MySpace page? It'd be myspace.com slash The Wonderstrucks. I think I think that would be it. Okay, I, I'll have to look at it. The Wonderstrucks. I am, yeah. I'm not even listening to this guy. Wonderstrucks. Okay. Is, it, is that good? Grovel? Am I groveling? Okay. Yes, Jesse. Where's your from, show tonight, Jesse? Jesse from Red Hot Pistol. Yes, where's your show? Oh, it's at uh, it's at the bitter end. All right. We're we're playing the same old situation. All right. Is that a Motley Crue cover band? It is. I guarantee you guys are better than there. So this isn't the skinhead convention. Yeah, and they're, they're, Mick, they're Mick Mars guys, like seven feet tall, which doesn't make any sense at all. Really? Because he's way too tall to be Mick Mars. No, and Tim Riley wishes to clarify that this is not the skinhead convention you're playing. Because that, that's happening this weekend. It's really? Fest 2007 in beautiful Portland. Hammer. No, we, got, we, got, we didn't get booked for that one. We right. tried hard. You tried, but it fell through. The <laughs> tour writer wasn't approved. All right. That's right. Thank I you, love you guys. Jesse Sorry. from Red Hot Thank you, sir. No problem, Jesse. Let's put that skinhead thing on the community calendar. We'll have Lacey. Well, so the cops know where it is, but they're not telling us. Or well, anybody. That's unfair. How are we supposed to get passes? I know. How am I supposed to get on the list for that? Who's that? Does it say who's playing at the skinhead? No, it festival? does not. No. We have this great idea, and we ended up... It is, we have we, lots of great ideas. I know, and then they never happen. The great idea for Hammerfest, which is I barely knew her. the we had this idea that we were just going to get as many interracial couples as we could, and just have them stand outside the venue and just make out. We're going to put night. a Craigslist posting out. It was going to be grand. Yeah, it really was because like if it was an outdoor venue, uh, the Skinhead concert, we were just going to get as many uh, like big black men as we possibly could to come make out with uh, with hot white women, uh, just in, in, like in the like right outside, just all day. And we were going to do going to do a whole thing about it. And I, I told Susan, I'm like, and then we're going to issue a press release. CBS seeks interracial couples to make out near Skinhead concert. And she just sort of arched her eyebrow, and she didn't really say anything. And I think it's because she kind of knew that that was one of those things that I would be really excited about and then forget the next day. Indeed, it Maybe was. Maybe Richie could put that together. Richie, please get on that now. Find out where the skinheads are. We want to know. All right, here's Tim Riley. Do one more, then we'll break here. Well, the record industry hopes $220,000 will be enough to dissuade you music lovers from downloading songs from the Internet without paying them. That's the amount a federal grand jury ordered a Minnesota woman to pay for sharing copyrighted music online. This sends a message that downloading and distributing our recordings is not okay. Uh, Jamie Thomas, who's 30 and a single mother, has been ordered to pay six record companies that suit her $9,250 for each of the 24 songs they focused on in the case. They have alleged she shared 1,702 songs. She's in tears, and she's devastated. Well, okay. Well, there you go. All right, uh, we should take a break here. We'll come back after this. Coming up later on, Jim Roop, uh, the top five, Aaron Durand. Uh, the kids from Nickel Arcade will be in here later on uh, playing their Britney death song. More from Tim Riley around the corner. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's the Dry County Chris. emails like this. Subject line. Sorry about the gay porn. Don't think twice, sir. Oh, this is from somebody else altogether. I don't even know who this is. How much is gay from. porn do you get? That's not funny. Uh, Rick. Oh, this is from, I guess, somebody. I guess the internet is full of these sites that are just sort of um, deceptive links. Like the click here to see your cell phone being tracked. 
the guy had sent me one, and it's like, did you know your mugshot's online? And there is a mugshot of me somewhere. Uh, and I don't know where it is, but the guy is, is, I guess it's like a click here. And... The Nigerian so... Parliament website. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I'll remind me to read this thing later about this, a man who was addicted to enemas. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. A man who's addicted to enemas? I'll just read it now. Charges have been dropped against a Texas woman who was accused of giving her husband a lethal sherry enema. The oh, prosecutor in the case said on Wednesday, Sherry is not a woman. Sherry is the wine, I believe. Uh, Tammy Warner had been scheduled to face trial for negligent homicide in the death of Michael Warner, but there was a lack of evidence, apparently. The dead man had, I think this goes without saying, a severe alcohol issue, and it was not clear whether his wife had committed a crime. Um, at the time of Warner's indictment in 2005, police, to, uh, police told the Houston Chronicle the woman had given her husband two large bottles of Sherry via an enema. Which raised his blood level to point four seven, six times the legally considered drunk. There is some limit at which you die. I don't know what that limit is, but there is some blood alcohol level at which point I think you're just dead. Point four seven. That's fantastic. So he had a Sherry's enema? Yes. With a side of ranch at 3 in the morning. Uh, yeah, she gave him an enema consisting of two bottles of Sherry. Which is like a cooking wine, is it not? Yes. Um, I think the French are like that. Warner admitted administering the sherry enema, but denied she caused the death of her husband. She told the newspaper her husband was addicted to enemas and often had alcohol enemas at the night before bed. So there you go. Here's Tim Riley. So here's more about this thing I was reading about earlier in Pittsburgh. A controversial exhibit featuring real human cadavers and body parts. It's making its debut in Pittsburgh. It's called Bodies Exhibition. It deconstructs the human anatomy using 15 real Chinese dead people and over 250 individual organs. Uh, Chief Program Officer Ron Bailey explains why the center is eager to bring this exhibition to the good people of Pittsburgh. We do an awful lot of education around the human body and healthy lifestyles and wellness, and it's one thing to say those things, uh, particularly to children but adults as well, or to write it or to read it. It's another thing to see it very real right in front of you. It has much more impact, much more educational uh, effectiveness. I, I don't even understand how this is legal, since the Chinese government clearly just went and, like, grabbed these bodies from somebody. Yeah. And just said, look over there! And then, like, ran off with somebody's wife, uh, and then stuck her in plastic House of Wax style, and, and shipped her over here to be in some Vincent Price-style exhibit. This is not Body Worlds we're talking about, by the way. Body Worlds... This is a poor man's Body Worlds. It really is. Body Body Worlds 3. Chinese peasantry. Which is happening uh, tonight. Uh, we will be at uh, uh, OMSI today from 2 to 4 for Body Worlds 3, and with the Rock Band Tour stage and so forth. Body Worlds is actually really cool. I went through it twice. You should see it again. This other, what is this exhibit called, though? This is Bodies, the exhibition. I like it. They've just cut it. Just dead people, dead folk, uh, and yeah, but and they're all corpses from China. So it is a little suspect. So, so there is a critical, well, critical. Uh, <laughs> there is a there, there is some <laughs> a critical error in this, this sentence. Uh, yes. Well, some people don't like this because the uh, the dead people didn't give their permission to be exhibited. The very first question is, unclaimed, unidentified, means they didn't give their own permission. Uh. Well, is that appropriate? <laughs> well, that sure. has been appropriate for over 100 Why years not? in almost every country. In it's China. true in this country. It's true in Allegheny County. But we often, we rarely think about that. Start thinking about it now. <laughs> you could be next on exhibit. Seriously. This email said, uh, Rick, I asked this yesterday, but it was right at the end of the show. 
what the F is a zoo bomber from that Willamette Week ad? I know it's a rhetorical question, but am I just not cool enough to know what that is? Who wants to handle that question? Tim Riley, zoo bomber. They're, they're like gutter punks, but they ride on broken down bikes. And they start at the zoo and go down that steep hill. And some of them ride on the highway. So, that's, so we allow that type of activity here. That's the deal, right? It's a bunch of smelly, crust-laden children. Swearing. Swearing who ride also cheap children, bicycles. It's like, it's like 20s, 30s. 20s. Yeah. Mostly follow them up kids, though. That's what I... I didn't mean children, sort of. I meant Speaking the way you wouldn't speak in front of your mother or grandmother. Really? Who really need a good talking to and a mouthful of soap. Uh, and then they ride these uh, weird uh, punky bicycles down the hill from the zoo. Mm-hmm. They take yeah, they're like they're kids speed. bicycles with like banana seats on them, and they'll put tassels and they make their helmets all weird, and they do it for um, I don't know, kind of like take back the road a little, which is on Highway 26, which is a little scary. Anyway. Take back the highway. Yeah, take back the highway. That's, that's a, a great thing. idea. Going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, that's a normal thing to do. Oncoming traffic. Taking. <laughs> I'm gonna take back this grill right here. Take back my smash windshield <laughs> as you careen over the hood of my car going the wrong way down the highway. It looks really Take scary. Take back the splattered as... blood all over Ooh. my car. Taking back hood ornaments one at a time. And they go as fast as they possibly can, and it's at night and like, pitch black. Uh, seriously. I don't. I would never have a desire to do F that. F them. So there you go. That's the deal with the zoo bombers. I barely knew her. Tim Riley. They're going to end up in that uh, Cadaver exhibit if they keep it up. Cadaver. Cadaver? Uh, no, they, they, that's a, yes, no, never mind, I'm not even going to say it, but yes, you're exactly right about that, go ahead. Uh, somebody spotted a funnel cloud in the Couve yesterday, and uh, apparently it was 5.40 in the afternoon. It was due to lightning hail and gusty winds. Uh, presidential candidate Fred Thompson doesn't seem to be, well, making anybody happy. Apparently he doesn't know half the things he's talking about. And when he does get on stage, he talks about giving tax breaks to big businesses. I'm sure that'll give him a lot of votes. The former Tennessee senator says he supports lower taxes and smaller government during a speech to conservative audiences. When you have tax cuts, revenue's not lost. The taxpayer knows where it is. It's in his pocket. I don't think so. I don't understand what he's... Did you see that he was giving some speech? It might have been this one where he actually at the end had to ask the crowd to applaud. No, I didn't hear it's that. It's the saddest thing ever. He gives the whole speech and he's like, and I'm Fred Thompson and I'm running for president. And then it's and then there's just uh, there's there's nothing. It's just you... and he has to, and he and he says something like he says something like, well, all right, let's hear it for me <laughs> or something. He actually has to ask the crowd to clap for him, which is great. Did you see, by the way, I'll mention this to Lisa Goddard when she's back from her uh, matrimonial bliss on Monday. So James Dobson, the nutcase head of Focus on the Family, now not only uh, will he tell his people to stay home and not vote if Fred Thompson is the candidate, now he says he will tell his people to stay home and not vote if Giuliani is the candidate. Good, they should stay home permanently. Yes, they should. The, co- the country would be better off just if the radical right just stays home permanently. Well, shut your doors and stay there. Mm-hmm. So the liberals are coming to take away your family. Sodomites are coming for your children. They're going to destroy your marriage. So, uh, so yeah, they're just apparently they're just they're going to hold their breath and turn blue inside their plushly appointed suburban homes. Great, maybe they'll do it for four years. Yes, the country'd be better off. Uh, apparently, the L.A. County District Attorney's Office has rejected the case against Danny Bonaducci. He got in that stage fight that we saw yesterday. Excellent, Johnny uh, Fairplay. Fair play. Who jumped on him, and then Danny tossed him over his shoulder, fell feet first, and then ran screaming backstage. Apparently lost a couple of teeth. Uh, Police are investigating a felony battery charge with uh, Danny as a chief suspect. But there's insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, says the DA. So there. Uh, Let's see. 
And that's about it on that one. I guess, I guess, I don't uh, listen to that Corolla show, but I guess Bonaducci was talking about it uh, a little bit. Uh, and so I, who is this one-hit wonder kid here? I don't know. He's some dick. He's some guy. He was on Survivor, whatever. Oh, so he gets 15 minutes of fame until <laughs> he gets cut by the IRS. Can I just tell you this, by the way, that I tried yesterday to explain to people why it was so funny that we thought that commercial said Survivor Gina. And it sounds just like it. I, but no one... No one really thought it was funny, but me. I kept. No, I was I in this. Was I was in this promo meeting, and I'm going. And then we thought it said Survivor Gina, and that, but like no one. I realized that if unless you're actually hearing the actual commercial, it doesn't really translate. Like just me explaining why Survivor China sounded like Survive Vagina. Mm-hmm. It, it just <laughs> me sort of recreating the commercial in the promo room didn't really. Um, they just sort of looked at me strangely, and then I moved on. It didn't really, uh, didn't really have the desired effect. Well, it's one of those things that you just have to be there. Yeah, for. you really have to hear it. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, the leg man is back. That South Carolina man will get his amputated leg back from a North Carolina man who unknowingly bought it in a public auction. Authorities have ordered Shannon Wisnot to return John Wood's leg. Wood had forgotten he stored the leg in the barbecue grill. And uh, it was among things that were auctioned off. Wood says he's kept the leg in other unusual places before this. And originally, it was in my freezer for a year. And for some reason, I, I had egg rolls and leg rolls in my freezer. And I didn't need either one. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's hoping to hang on to that leg for a long, long time. Oh, uh, I tell you what, now, I've lost this leg twice. And I got it back twice. This catch and, this catch and release thing is getting old, okay? <laughs> Oh man, he's angling for some sort of a home cooking show on the Cooter. Food Network. Exactly. Some, some. Uh, what is his name? I can't think of his name. Uh, some guy. No, he's totally angling for one of those shows where he's like a dude that shows you how to cook things with beer. Uh, two South Carolina teens have been arrested for hanging a rope noose in the tree on their high school campus. Their county sheriff Leon Lott said the kids were charged with disturbing school, but this isn't a hate crime. I think it'd be far-fetched to say it's a hate crime. Again, I think I'd describe it as something stupid. Where, where was this? South Carolina. That's a hate crime. It is. Uh, customs officials have discovered nearly ten and a half ounces of ecstasy tablets hidden inside of Mr. Potato Head. Uh, upon uh, opening the parcel, the officers are greeted with the smiling face of Mr. Potato Head, which features a potato-like head and removable facial features. Are they the really in the article describing? <laughs> they said somebody else to research this. Please, we need to know about this Mr. Head. Find out exactly what his deal is. About when they removed the back of Mr. Potato Head, they found 13.34 ounces of ecstasy in a plastic bag. Oh. Australian Customs referred the matter to federal police, but no arrests have been made. So, uh... I guess Mr. Potato Head will be auctioned off. All of his facial features are just one huge giggly smile. Do you believe this Bob Barker thing that uh, now somebody's suing him? A former CBS employee. Wait, is this another sexual harassment thing? Yeah. First of all, let me just go back one second here. And and say he's that, not capable of sexually assaulting anyone. Well, hey, Bob, hey, Bob Packwood holds her down first. No, that's... Um, the, the thing about the ecstasy, just real quickly, is that ecstasy is one of those drugs that kind of freaks me out because it sounds like it's fantastic. It sounds like it's just the most pleasant, enjoyable experience Well, ever. it's all in the name. Well, yeah. Well, A, it's called ecstasy. And B, as I understand it, I don't know because I've never taken it, but as I understand it, ecstasy, in, in terms of its effect is some sort of, it's like a combination amphetamine and heroin uh, all at once, mm-hmm. which just sounds fantastic. I mean, that really just sounds like it would be the most enjoyable thing ever. And the one person I knew that took ecstasy, she um, she had told me, she's like, yeah, I took ecstasy once. And I said, 
well, what was that like? And then she just got this big misty like glow on her face. She's like, it was the most wonderful experience of my life. And she actually wrote me at some point an email about it. She's like, you asked me. And she's like, I was giving it some thought. And she actually transcribed, this is years ago, she transcribed to me in the email. She had taken ecstasy and then had written a journal entry about it. And she then, in the email, transcribed her journal entry where she just went on for about 19 paragraphs about how it was the greatest single moment of her life. And actually, read, I actually just deleted the email and didn't want to have it around because it made it seem so, uh, it made it seem like such a fan. That's another thing that I'll do someday when I have cancer. Someday when I have a large tumor inside my brain, I'll just make up a list of all the things I'm going to do, and ecstasy is going to be right at the top of the list. Wow, a lot more people are getting uh, brain tumors. That's this uh, week's uh, sweeps week thing on CNN. Really? Yeah, specials on brain tumors. Who tunes in for that? No, 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 i got to get home right now. There's a brain tumor thing. Bernard Shaw's talking about it. Let's, let's get, get the popcorn. All right, so Bob Packwood... Uh, Bob Packwood. Bob, Packwood. <laughs> Bob Barker. Was ever a senator more aptly named, though? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being a kid. I was probably only 15 or so when that Bob Packwood thing happened. No, I must have been older than that. I must have been 18. Mm-hmm. Bob And Sarah's probably too young to remember this. Bob Packwood. And those stories about how... And he was already like a thousand years old. He was like Methuselah with yeah. with with an erection. Um, just the idea that he would shove these women up against the wall of an elevator and forcibly jam his tongue into their mouths, and he would, he, and he just looked like a really, really much older version of John Mahoney from Say Anything. So anyway, what did Bob Barker do allegedly? Uh, let's see. A former CBS employee is asking Bob Barker to come on down to court and defend himself against charges of wrongful termination and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Tim Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. They say the former Price is Right host is guilty of repeated racial discrimination, sexual harassment, and creating a hostile work environment. It's going to be all... Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's all Bob false. Barker would never do that. So there. So go get a job elsewhere. You don't like CBS? Go to Clear Channel. Plinko that, Mr. Funny Man. There's no... Yeah, Bob Barker would never do these things. He's a, no. decent, he's a good American. I think so. All right. Uh, then we have a Jennifer Lopez... The story about her is the pregnancy rumor mill is now in high gear, following with the release of some concert pictures. Is it? She does look a little knocked up. They show J-Lo wearing tight blue pants with a large draping skirt over them. However, the skirt is blown upwards in the shots, revealing her very round tummy. She's denying reports that uh, she's carrying her first child. Well, that was two weeks ago. I just, I, I forgot she even existed. Yeah, and Ben Affleck. Whose name showed up in uh, Details Magazine this month. He, I guess he's directing some film. I didn't even he doesn't know, even look like himself anymore. I didn't know Details even existed. I thought Details had gone away again. No, I get it for free. It's, it's vanished like three different times, and it comes back retooled each yeah. time. Did it, you does, th- it does have articles in it somewhere. You just have to look for them. Did you know that Christina Aguilar still hasn't announced that she's pregnant? And I, I have a picture of her. <laughs> she's all bloated. She's enormous. She's, she's Charlotte Church-sized. Oh, she yeah. still she still won't admit it. No, uh, it's just a it's just the angle. Just a little bloating, a little gassy. Yeah, just a, it's the the lights at the wrong angle on the photograph. Oh, it just looks like she has a Dalmatian around her. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's not a good look for her. No. All right. Well, let me tell you about this this barroom rampage in Eastern Oregon. Because you're so curious, an upset bar patron who went on a rampage after he was asked about his family name sent five people to the hospital and he's been sentenced to ten years in prison. Dennis Lee Rose of uh, Scottsburg was taken to a Baker County Jail. Under Oregon law, well, apparently he, he really beat the, the Jesus out of his 
He's, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing, but I love the phrase "beat the bejesus." He is a, what does that even mean? What is bejesus? I don't know. Is that like a bedazzler, but it gives you more Christ? Well, listen. He's six foot six tall and weighs three hundred pounds. He kicked the victim with his heavy work boots, which are considered dangerous weapons. He was drinking heavily on the night of May 31st, well 2006. He became agitated when patrons of the El Dorado Ditch Company bar <laughs> began asking him about his family name. Uh, he was back in Oregon after spending six years fishing in Alaska. And apparently the questions about his name triggered some bad memories. So he assaulted three people in the bar, then walked outside and kicked five others he encountered on the street. <laughs> they included men and women ranging in age from 28 to 84. Five of the victims are taken to the hospital so, for treatment. I'm so sorry for laughing. I am apologizing. I feel like but he's news... not done yet. It, right, is anybody dead? Uh, no. Okay. So uh, he returns to a motel where he's staying. Uh-huh. Two men in the pickup attempted to keep Rose at the motel while waiting for police to arrive. Then he Rose grabs a loaded 410 gauge shotgun <laughs> at the man, but he was arrested without incident. Uh, uh, the people attacked are very pleased with the agreement. He'll get 10 years. Oh, that is great. You know what? I thought... you weren't going to like it. No, no. I didn't you didn't think... give the stories a chance. I didn't think that was going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You know what that sounded like? Just, I sounded like that he's reporter. Six feet, he's six foot six, weighs 300 pounds. I sounded like that reporter who was losing it during the... Uh, while well, talking about the car crash. He's talking about the double... It, it, it couldn't quit laughing. I love the idea that he just straps on the boots and goes to work, and that and that he he attacks six other people outside who just happen to be standing there, including an 84-year-old. Mm-hmm. Just sort of a hello, and ow, you know, just kind of standing there for no reason. Oh man, that really is a that whole story made my day. The fire crash leaves three people dead. Police in Nebraska say a rental truck carrying two people lost control. Crossed the median and collided head-on with a semi-truck. Both trucks burst into flames, and witnesses say there were several explosions. The two... <laughs> Excuse me. The two people in the rental, <laughs> the two people in the rental truck and the driver of the semi. This is a sad story. Excuse me. Were killed. Crews say they had fires contained in about ten minutes. Interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. A barber who was drawing ties to the military community pulled out a gun and blew his brains out at a city council meeting in Clarksville, Tennessee, after his request for a rezoning measure was rejected. Bo Ward wanted the rezoning to increase his property value, allowing him to secure a loan to offset debt he incurred while expanding his barber shop. After a 5-7 to seven vote, he stood up and walked toward the council. Y'all have put me under. I'm out of here, he said before shooting himself in the head with a small handgun. Well done. I mean, that's making a statement. They ushered the audience out into the hallway immediately. It wasn't police. One police officer is always on duty at council meetings just because of this. When a gun gets whipped out like that, someone's going to get shot, and we didn't know who. Luckily, nobody did. Uh, Mayor Johnny Piper said the meeting uh, would be the last one held in that room. <laughs> We're going to take a little bit of a recess. By the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Hey, did you see this uh, Craigslist? Uh, this Portland Craigslist thing about the peacock? No, I did not. I'm reading this now. This is not. A, I don't think it's a joke. It looks real. Subject: We should totally get this as our station mascot. Free peacock. <laughs> Free peacock. <laughs> Free peacock, it says. It is not a pet. It just showed up one day eating my tomatoes. It craps on my porch. I called Fish and Wildlife in the Audubon. They don't take care of peacocks. Please come catch it and take it away. You wanted a peacock for quite some time. I really have. 
I really have wanted a peacock for the longest time. Hey, Scotty, can we get this peacock guy on the phone? Can you please, uh, please to come to the studio? If you can, uh, yeah, if you could. Yeah, if you come here, I'll give you the peacock guy's uh, information. See if we can get him. I'll write it down for you. It's not a pet. It just showed up eating my tomatoes. Let's see. I'm sorry. All right, there you go. That's the phone number. Okay. Can you call the peacock guy? I will call the peacock guy. I'm assuming it's a guy. I don't know. Uh, and then uh, and then the, the Nickel Arcade guys are coming in when? One thirty. Yes. All right, fantastic. All right. All right. Rick, my mom, this email, uh, this email says, my mom was one of the, what do you mean my mom was one of the, oh, your mom, was one of the uh, Bob Packwood victims who didn't come forward. Long story. That's interesting. Uh, let's see. Rick, you know, I went to school with Bob uh, Packwood's daughter. He's an even bigger dick in real life. I'm assuming that's a play on words of some kind. Here's Tim Riley. Hmm. So you might get the peacock. What would you do, put it on your porch? I, I don't know. Well, apparently you can't control this peacock. Apparently this peacock has a very strong sense of self. It's uh, apparently it's an independent peacock that can't be tamed or controlled. That's kind of weird. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. That's the only peacock I know of. Really? Does it have? Oh, it doesn't say. Did they ever call themselves the Peacock Network? Yeah, they have. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not just a thing that they were referred to as by other people. We're the Tiffany Network, right? Yeah. What is ABC? I don't know. I've never heard it addressed as anything. Unwatched. So oh, but... there's the Peacock Network. Does ABC have a logo? I mean, any sort of a... It's, it's, the, it's the round thing with the ABC in, inside of it. But, I mean, it's always been the same thing. But they don't have... In other words, they don't have a logo other than just the, the ABC in the thing. Like, we yeah. have the, uh, the, the, the CBS I. Yeah. And then... Is that supposed to be an I? Yes, it is an I. Okay, it's not just a weird abstract thing that we just call the CBS I. No, it was created in the early 1950s. Okay, so there's the Before CBS that, I. it was just the initial CBS. And there's, there's, the, there's the NBC Peacock. Yeah. Uh, but there is no ABC. ABC doesn't have a mascot or a symbol. And or Fox doesn't use a fox. No, no, they don't, actually. They should. Yeah. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, well, a, a county garbage operations employee found a plastic bag in the road, stepped with $65,000. What did she do? She gave it to the authorities. It turned out the money had fallen off a Loomis armored car about a half hour before Debbie found it. Uh, near the solid waste facility where she worked. She first thought the bag was a turtle in the road. The 53-year-old Largo woman found the bag shortly before 7 o'clock, full of enough 50s and $100 bills to pay her salary for two years. But you know what she did? She contacted her supervisor, and they called the deputy. Did she get a reward? Yeah, I'm looking here. No, it didn't. <laughs> it had, had two for it one at Applebee's. Offered. It right. was not offered. Uh, oh, this is the... Okay, let's welcome now uh, to the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, hi, is your name John? Yes, it is. John, how you doing, sir? Good. Hey, so tell me about this peacock that just showed up at your house. Uh, I was looking at my my window and just happened to notice a peacocking my tomatoes. And now, and what, in what general area do you do you live? Mount Tabor, Portland. Mount Tabor, okay. I've seen the peacock in the Mount Tabor area before. Is this the same peacock? Do you suppose? Is there only one? There might be a wandering peacock. John, from what... Uh, now, so you're just looking at your window. You have a garden. You had tomatoes. Right. And you look out, and there's a peacock just devouring your your vegetables, your fruit. Yes, it is. And yeah. so, so what? Did you did you try to get rid of it? Um, well, I went out to investigate it. You know, it's actually a pretty bird, and uh, it just hopped over the fence. But over the last couple of days, it's been coming back. Now, uh, now, a peacock is it aggressive in some way? Like if you try to go and stick it in no, the bag? No, it's not aggressive or... at all. No, it just it it just eats the tomatoes. But the the problem isn't so much the tomatoes; it's that it um 
it's crapping all over my porch and and floor mats and so outside and it does it a lot and yeah. so it's it's actually just what I hear is kind of a destructive bird so I've called the the uh, Audubon Society and the SBCA and and uh, Humane Society and try to get rid of the birds. and they just, just told you, they just told you to get bent. Well, they don't do anything for you, so they it they it's not a protected bird and it's not a uh, uh, endangered species. So um, I'm trying to get feedback from actually Craigslist. I've got a lot of people that said, "Hey, if you capture it, you might be able to take it to the zoo or something." I, we've had this discussion a lot on the air. That I, I, first of all, I don't know where peacocks come from. I mean, it doesn't seem like they would be indigenous to Portland or to Oregon. It doesn't, doesn't it seem like the peacock is one of those things that probably came from Africa or something? It, does, it just seems a little too weird and exotic to have, to have come from someplace. Its native country is southern Asian countries and Malaysia, and was kept for centuries by the first people of China and then in Europe. This would actually be the only peacock uh, I have ever seen in the in sort of the metro Portland area because they're typically only in sort of outlying kind of upscale neighborhoods. I mean, and Mount Tabor is a nice place, but you know, like in suburban sort of planned communities, you see a lot of peacocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, why don't you just drop it off in Forest Heights? That's right. I was I was going to suggest that he drop. Well, we've we've already got the dog. You might like one. We've got the dog roaming the hallway here. We might as well just get a peacock for it as well. It could be our look. We'll teach it to hold a tiny guitar, and then it'll be our mascot. All right. Hey, well, John, uh, well, keep in touch. Let us know if anything, if, if you if you're able to get rid of it in any way. Yeah, or if someone has an idea and calls in, let me know. Oh, it is the national bird of India. It is the national sea. So there you go. You might be able to get some. All right. Well, um, if you want to search for it, this is on Craigslist. Just go to Portland Craigslist and uh, search peacock, and you'll come right up there. Excellent. Thank you guys. All right. Good luck, John. All right. Thanks so much. There's John, and on uh, right peacocks here, peacocks are polygamous. Portland. What? They're polygamists. Uh, just, okay. Well, that's there you go. They're not godly creatures. Mm-hmm. All right. What's going on there? That's Jim Roop, I believe. Ah. They eat plants, seeds, insects, and other arthropods, so, reptiles, and amphibians. So, are they, so were they deliberately brought here? I still, we can still not get a straight answer to whether peacocks are deliberately introduced into upscale suburbs of Portland to beautify them. Well, that's where I've seen them. I mean, so but I mean, so is, they come from India. They do. But I mean, you don't see them in, like you don't see them on Hawthorne, like you don't see. Uh... I see peacocks more in Portland than I have in any other place. Is that true, really? Yeah. Where, like, where in I Portland? I see one wandering around, like around 50th and and like Hawthorne, That's in that really area. Weird. I don't think I've. And ever then I remember seen... hearing about like them wandering around in Lake Oswego as well. Interesting. We should try to get some other exotic animal and introduce it into Portland and just see how things work out. Cause... It is among the most beautiful and spectacular birds in the world. All right, then. According to the Peacock homepage. Scotty's incensed that I did not play the Woody Woodpecker sounder when we that brought on the Peacock story. guy. Yeah, see how that's a completely separate animal, Scotty? All right. And the Woodcock thing as well? Uh-huh. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, the one and only James Roop. Hello, sir. Mm-hmm. How are you, my brother? Baby. Are you sick of talking about Britney Spears? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, there's another way to advance it. PETA now wants her to give up custody of her dogs. Really? Yeah. They, they sent an open letter to Federline saying, go after the dogs. She doesn't deserve them. Well, that's probably true. Did you see that Michael Vick had to go to some eight-hour PETA thing where they gave him a quiz at the end, and he had to do a whole, uh, he had to do some weird training thing with the PETA folks? Really? Yeah. The good thing about that is, is, is that like they don't screw around. And if you get the, you get the feeling that if he ever steps out of line again, if he so much as mis- if he so much as flushes a goldfish, uh, Peter will find him and they'll uh, do what needs to be done. 
Mm, they, good for them. I have mixed feelings about PETA, but they will definitely take out the trash when it needs to be done. Yeah, no, I hear you about the mixed feelings about PETA, but, you know. Sorry, I'm pausing to apply chapstick to my lips. It's, uh, it's a little dry in here. Um, all right, so so PETA is, is for all intents to Britney Spears, who we saw this, and this is a sort of a side point, but Sarah showed me this morning on the Internet uh, the video for the new Britney Spears single. And I will say, first and foremost, I know that she had minimal involvement with us, but uh, with, with with that song, but her new single is actually not that bad. I mean, as sort of dance songs go, it's actually pretty pretty good. I don't have any problem with it. It kind of sounds like the stuff Madonna was doing a couple years ago. But the interesting thing about it is, if you watch this video that is online for the song Give Me More, which is currently the number one downloaded iTunes, the interesting thing about it is, if it's le- legitimately the real video, and there's no 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 indication that it's fake, because there's certain sections of the video where she's mouthing the words, she's lip syncing, it it does look like the video for the song. It looks like the entire video for this new Britney Spears single was shot on one very small stage over one couple hour period, using exactly the same footage over and over again. She seems it's a lot of quick cuts, but she seems really dazed. There's a pole that she's supposed to be dancing on, and she's really just sort of standing next to it, leaning on it for a lot, lots of time. It is kind of interesting because if it's if it's the actual video, it does lead you to believe that the VMAs were not an isolated incident, and that she was in fact so difficult to work with or stoned or whatever during this video shoot that at the end of the day they just had to take like this couple hours of lackluster footage and try to make it into something usable. Jeez. So I don't know. It, it, it does. Don't know. It does seem like maybe uh, maybe she spent my opinion. It does seem like maybe she spends a lot of the day uh, just uh, shoveling fistfuls of pills into her mouth or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, they, well, what else is she going to do? There does seem like a serious disconnect going on in that girl's head between the actual reality and sort of Spearsland where she lives. You know. Well, you can tell that the way she was shot. Um, in her car the day that Kevin Federline was downtown at that hearing, right? Uh, and she was photographed or, or, or videoed sitting in the car of whatever that companion is of hers. Um, he's pumping gas in the car, and she's fiddling with CDs. I mean, she seems not to have a care in the world, no. which, again, may be an indication that she doesn't want these kids. Well, it's entirely possible. I um, Yeah, well, so there you go. I think I've reached the, the limit this week of how much I can possibly talk about Britney Spears. There's really just nothing else to say. We're waiting until, what, the 26th or whatever? 26th is the next time they're both going to be in court. So it'll be interesting to see what she does between now and then. I'm sure that TMZ and everybody else is following her with a, a video camera, making sure that she is on her way to yeah. whatever drug testing lab she's supposed to attend or whatever. Well, that's right, because if she doesn't, if she does not follow all of this drug testing stuff between then, uh, between now and then, she she uh, forfeits even visitation. The judge. Oh said. yeah, I mean it's the the judge is being real tough and and he, right, rightly so because he feels like she's spitting on him. Right. Because he gave her the benefit of the doubt a few times to to much criticism on his part or, to, or against him or toward him, and so now he's going uh uh-uh, uh you ain't gonna play this game, neither am I. So I got two things to ask you, neither of which have to do with Britney Spears, because again, even by our standards, I feel like we're now just scraping the bottle of the, the bottom of the Britney barrel here. But um, two things: A, uh, are you a David Lee Roth slash Van Halen fan? 
Uh, yeah, I'm a Van Halen fan. All right. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. B, did you go to In-N-Out Burger yesterday? Yes, I did. God bless you. What did you order? Please tell me. <laughs> I, I ordered a double-double double, double. and, and, and a cheeseburger oh. because I couldn't eat two double-doubles, but I wanted to eat one for you. Thank did you, you eat a double-double with cheese? Well, yeah, it's the well, double yeah, cheese, double meat. That's what a double double is. Yeah, it's the double cheese, double meat. I'm not hip with the lingo, Jim Roop. And then, and because we don't have them here, because we have to drive hours and hours. Uh, so you ordered the double double, which is double meat, double cheese, and then you ordered a regular cheeseburger. Yeah, and I asked them. I said, "Is there a way to ship one of these hot to somebody?" God, God bless you. And and they said, "No." Um, that's okay. When my wife goes to uh, goes to Salt Lake, there's a place called Crown Burger there. That every time she goes, she goes and she orders one of their massive. It's two it's two patties plus pastrami, plus cheese, plus I think sauerkraut, plus like uh like an egg or something. Wow. And it's like all on one thing. And it's and she brings it back. Uh, and did you get fries? Of course. All right. And did you get the shake or like a soft drink? I got a soft drink. The shake would have been too much because I had two burgers. Uh- that because you're already putting three patties in your mouth. Well, uh, I mean, it would have been a little too thick, you of know? Of course. Of course. No, no, I understand. That's so I got fantastic. that Diet Coke you oh. know, to help me out. <laughs> of course, to help keep that weight off. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, otherwise you would just be, it'd just be gluttonous. <laughs> All right. Let me take one slice of bread away. I'm okay. No, yeah, no, it's fine. I, well, that's like that. There's a great... Um, I mentioned this a while back. There's those Budweiser Real Men of Genius commercials. And... Um, there is a great Real Men of Genius commercial running, and it's, um, here's to you, Mr. 1,200-calorie salad man. <laughs> and it's about, like, you know, and it's, you know, we admire your ability to put three pounds of taco meat, four pounds of cheese, and half a pound of sour cream on a plate. And then, by adding one tiny leaf of iceberg lettuce, say, of course it's healthy. It's a salad. <laughs> I mean that really is. Just... I met those guys at the Super Bowl a few years ago. You know who that, that you know who that singer is, right? No. He's the guy that sang for that uh, group Survivor. You know, really? Eye of the Tiger. That's him. He's the real man of genius. That yeah. guy. Yeah. He's the Eye of the Tiger guy. I'm feeling a little Survivor. lightheaded. I love that guy. Yeah. God bless him. I'm never making fun of Survivor again. Uh, he's good. He, he's good at that. That's really. And, and they're never in the studio. He, the, the voiceover guy, is in Chicago or something, and sends the voiceover or, or to um, to him, to the survivor guy, and then uh, he just records everything in the studio. They don't even see each other. You know, I don't even really know. I don't know what it is, man. But uh, you know, the, the Anheuser Busch, you know, the Budweiser, Budweiser guys. They. It's not just the amount of money that they have to spend on everything. And again, I'm, I'm a big fan of theirs in a lot of ways because. They just have, in a lot of ways, the best of it. They have the best advertising, and they have forever. Budweiser. There was a little period in the '80s when Rainier in the Northwest. You guys didn't have Rainier beer in this in California, probably. No, we did not. But Rainier's a Northwest brewery. I don't think it's. I don't think it's around anymore. Sarah, do they still sell Rainier beer? Yeah. Do they? Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a, a period of time in the. Um, 80s where Rainier had great advertising here in America. They were trying to compete with Budweiser. But Budweiser has great advertising. And growing up in Washington State, one of the big things in Washington State was hydroplane racing, which are these really, really fast turbine-powered speedboats. They're these really steroided-up speedboats. And, I mean, even that, there was a Budweiser boat, and it won every single year ever. I mean, probably to this day. I haven't been in that town for 20 years, and they're probably still winning. So it's just those guys really, man, when they do, and, you know, every year the Super Bowl commercials roll out, and Budweiser always has. And the next day, everybody's like, did you see that Budweiser commercial? So oh, yeah. Those guys are real. They're fantastic. All right, so I will play you this Van Halen thing to, uh, to put you a smile on your face for the weekend. Uh, last night I ran into a friend of mine. 
who I haven't seen in some time, and he is uh, he's a, a, a musician and does some other things in the media, and he knows a guy who worked on the original sessions for the first Van Halen record. Oh, you're kidding. And he's like, Rick, I haven't seen you in a long time. I'm like, yeah, and we're, so we're catching up. And he goes, I got this CD in my car. I've been waiting to give this to you. And I'm like, oh, great. What is it? And he goes, it's, it's the original David Lee Roth vocal tracks from the Van Halen 1 sessions. So... It's not like a karaoke thing where they've stripped away the music. The, 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 the engineer literally was took home the tapes of just Roth's vocal takes for the first Van Halen record. And not even just the completed one. Like, a lot of it is just like Roth taking dry runs at the lyrics. Or he'd get halfway through it and it wouldn't work. Or it's just, you know, alternate takes. And so it's about 35 minutes of just David Lee Roth just the tracks of his vocals from the first Van Halen uh, record. <laughs> and some of it is great, and some of it is just weird. I'll play you a little bit of this here. So, first of all, th this song is this one he's doing, Running With The Devil. And you'll hear at a certain point, he just gets, a, like, about halfway through this one line and just decides that he's going to start channeling um, Cab Calloway and just starts doing, like, the scat man thing. Uh, so here is David Lee Roth in 1978 in the studio cutting some vocals for Running With The Devil. I found a simple life, one so simple, no. When I jumped out on the road, ain't got no love, no love you'd call real, no. Ain't got nobody waiting at home, no. I, I'm... God damn it, baby, no, I ain't lying to you. I'm only gonna tell you one time. See you, baby. I better pay attention. Woo! I'll tell you once again. So there you go. The best part is when he just brings the whistle out of his pocket for no reason. So hey, he was doing. He sounded a little James Brownish there for a while. He is. You know, I will. We did this. Um, we did this top five countdown one time, and it was like the top five blackest white singers. And I'm not sure if he was on the list because it was like Mick Jagger. You know, is on there, and uh, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, he might have been on there, but he does. It's just that he has. No sense of restraint. That's the great thing about David Lee Roth, is that anything worth doing is worth overdoing, if yeah. you're that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, do, I said this earlier, that I do believe he missed his calling. He really, instead of just getting together with Van Halen for the inevitable money-grubbing reunion tour, which will probably implode halfway through, he really should have just put together some sort of Vegas review. You know what I mean? Some uh, sort of see, weird... I'd, I'd pay to see that. Absolutely, like some Busby Berkeley, hell's a poppin', weird show tunes, cabaret type thing, but with David Lee Roth. Oh, man, I'd pay to see that. I'd pay to see it now, and he's like 100 years old. So, All right, there you go, my friend. Well, enjoy your weekend. I hope Brittany doesn't do anything for your sake, so you can just stay at home with, uh, you know, stay I would, at I would love to just relax one weekend. Stay at home in a hammock with a fistful of booze. There you go. All right, enjoy your weekend, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Jim Rope, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's take these Peacock calls, then we'll break a little early, and we'll have uh, news plus the Nickel Arcade guys coming up. And uh, so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. Peacocks. The reason you see them, some people buy them like uh, ornaments, and they want a real pastoral kind of a kind of a uh, thing to their house. But or, where, you know, do you, where do you buy? Out in rural areas. Where do you buy a peacock? Uh, there's probably uh, uh, Craigslist. You could probably buy them off that. But I would imagine uh, like a farm supply store, maybe. I think you're making this up. No, no, no. And then, and see, when I was a kid, I, I knew uh, there was neighbors that had them, 
And you can, if you want to piss all your neighbors off for about two square miles, go ahead and buy a peacock because they have the loudest screech that you can hear for a good mile and a half. Really? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a really bizarre sounding noise. If you ever hear one and you don't know what it is, it'll freak you out. All right, fantastic. We'll have to look it up now. All right, thank you. All right. All right, fantastic. They uh, do have peacocksforever.com classifieds. Really? Peacock classifieds. Peacocks for sale. Excellent. These are Oklahoma peacocks, though. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Rick. Hey. Hey, I uh, I live in the Burlingame area in the southwest, and we've got a peacock that walks around. Uh-huh. And they're, uh, they're real low-key when they're alone, when there's just one of them. Uh-huh. But as I learned from when I lived with my crazy ex-mother-in-law in South Salt Lake City, who had 375 pets... If you have both a peacock and a peahen, they get real territorial and real mean. So you want to stay away from them. I've actually, I've actually just got a guy who said he, what does he mean? He said he was on the receiving end of I'm quoting now a real good pecking. Yeah, from a peacock at I, some point. I had geese that were like that. That can happen. Excellent. Geese are just as vicious as dogs. Well, ge- geese, well, they'll go right after you. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. Uh, several geese when I was. They don't yeah, geese are around. scary. They're little razor teeth. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Free peacocks to good homes. They're in Medford, Oregon. Free if you can catch them, it says here. Get one for the children, won't you? I have a phone number if you want to call. Uh, let's uh, do one more call, and then we'll come back to Tim Riley. Hi. Hey, Rick. What's um, up? I, I, I was actually going to make a comment about a Budweiser ad I saw. Okay. There was one downtown I just saw recently. It said, um, had a big Bud Light bottle on it. It said, can't we all just get a long neck? And I thought, I thought, you know, the only thing that would make that ad better is that Rodney King holding the, uh, the <laughs> I mean, how great would that be? I mean, and the idea that we're taking, that we're taking a, a statement made tearfully during the worst riots in American history that symbolized racial strife and economic disparity, and we've now used it to sell booze to people, is what makes this country fan freaking tastic. Well, well, you know, strife and, you know. Poor times is, you know, what drives the uh, beer business stuff. So. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and you know, that, that is, was used for everything on L.A. TV right after that, that same day. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know, Rodney King probably, I mean, probably needs the money now anyway. I mean, just because he's late. He, I mean, he did what every person does that immediately comes into lots of money. A, he gave, I think, like half of it to his relatives. Said, invest this for me, please. By which I think he meant buy scratchers. And so, and then he started a record label. Which pop? What with his vast? Yeah, he started a rap label. What with apparently his vast experience in the music world, and I think that's. I think it was actually called like King Records or something, and he spent most of the money developing the logo, which was a huge K with a crown on it, and uh, and now that's gone. So I think he's doing a whole lot of nothing these days. Well, I think that uh, Budweiser should get on that. All right, I'll pass that along, sir. So All the right. male is the peacock, and the female is the peahen. It is indeed. Okay. And All then right. there are pea chicks. Which are what? Babies? Babies. All right. We'll take a break here. We'll come back, and uh, Tim Riley will uh, tell us. He'll give us what for. Uh, Nickel Arcade's going to be in the studio later this hour to sing their new Britney death song, I Hope There's Vodka in Heaven. Later on, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran, and uh, today's top five. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Here's the Beastie Boys. Breaking news, a breaking Britney news here in a second. Wasn't there a show that was breaking Bonaduce? We'll just do a breaking Britney thing here. 
Uh, why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, what are we doing here? Okay, so in just a second, we'll do these calls. Uh, Tim Riley is just around the corner with the news. Uh, the kids from Nickel Arcade will be here. i got to quit saying kids from Nickel Arcade. Uh, well, they're like 20. That's basically Are they? Are they out of high school? Mm-hmm. So they're out of high school, but they get, so they can, uh, they're old enough to kill, but not for drinking? As uh, Barry McGuire old used to enough say. to serve their country. All right. Uh, so we'll uh, talk to Nickel Arcade here in a while about their Britney song. Later on, top five songs from this week in 1972, when America decided to make popcorn a top ten hit. Aaron Geek in the City, Duran, and uh, so forth. Before I do anything else, let's talk to our good friend Richie Bristol uh, from the AM 970 Street Team, leader of the Red Shirts, who is now. Are you an OMSI right now? Yes, we're at OMSI. All right, so this is, uh, you guys, so what we're down there today from 2 to 4? Yep, we'll be here till 4 p.m. today. So now, you, so here's the thing. So a, so today's Friday. The last day of Body Worlds Three is Sunday. Uh, so, uh, and you can go to omsi.edu by the way to find extended times, tickets, etc. Uh, but now, so describe for me uh, this rock band game because I have only seen a little bit of it, and I have the shirt that somebody gave me, but that a shirt is a poor substitute for the actual game. So, please now to describe a rock band for those who haven't seen it. Well, we got a van out here. We got a big screen, and they got like a drum setup, a bass guitar, a regular guitar, and like a microphone for singing. And it's a video game on the Xbox 360, which we are going to be giving away two copies of. So we're, this is we're giving away, and so but it's like Guitar Hero, but it's a full band. Yeah, it's a full-on rock band. When you sing, does it judge uh, your, like if you're off pitch or off key or something? Yeah, it'll fail you and boo you off stage. <laughs> Has that happened to you? Have you been booed off stage? Oh. Uh, the first time I played, yes. Excellent. What was the first song you you tried to perform? Uh, Black Old Sun. And and how did that work out for? You? Did you were you singing? Uh, I lost my breath. Yeah, well done. Uh, and so now, do you if you don't have like a, I mean, I know this would be strange for somebody with an Xbox 360, but if you don't have friends, can you play this? Uh, can you play this by yourself and it will fill in the other instruments? Yeah, you can play any instrument or just sing or do whatever you want. Actually, uh, so it's for the uh, it's for the Xbox 360 and I think the PlayStation 3. Maybe I could be wrong about that, um, but it doesn't come out till November. But we're giving away two of those today, correct? Yes, one at 3 p.m. and one right before 4. All right. Uh, so when people come down to OMSI, what, are they going to see you? Is it? Uh, do they need to know where to look for you, or is it pretty obvious where you guys are going to be? Yeah, we're right in the front. There's a big van. There's a rock band on the side, and there's a crowd of people playing and singing. You can hear it. It's horrible. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, we had somebody who went to see you at the, at the Tiger Cinema stop. This, uh, this guy, listener, went to the Tiger Cinema one. He's like, I don't know. There was just a bunch of warbling and shrieking. Smells like Teen Spirit. I got inside to get away from it as soon as possible. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. What are some of the other songs you can that you can perform with rock band? Uh, they have, right now it's just a demo version. They have like, uh, Nirvana and Iron Maiden and yeah. the ones you know. Fantastic. All right. So from two to four today at OMSI, go down there and check out the final days of Body Worlds 3. You can find out more at OMSI.edu. But while you're there, check out the rock band tour stage, shake the hand of Mitchell Richie Bristol, say hello to the rest of the red shirts who are down there. And then of course your chance to win. Uh, we're giving away not one, but two copies of rock band. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be released until uh, November uh, 20th. But you can. Uh, you can get your hands at least virtually on one of them uh, today. So we're going to give away two of those. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right, later. Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Now they want to build another bridge over the Willamette, and this one. Will be a bridge without cars. It's going to be for light rail and pedestrians and their bikes. And you'll be able to cross from the west side to 
Milwaukee, the city of tomorrow. <laughs> really? Tomorrow it, sucks. This costs $880 million to cross over to Milwaukee. What, tomorrow? Car. Tomorrow, have we been nuked by somebody or something? Have we? This could be in place by 2015 if we're lucky. Hooray. Uh, isn't there already a bridge that has the max on it? Well, I guess it doesn't go to Milwaukee, though. No. <laughs> what good is that? It's like having an amp that goes to four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, whatever. So it's the uh, the world of tomorrow coming to Milwaukee at some point. If they approve of this, it only costs eight hundred eighty million dollars. You know, the thing is, even if even if Milwaukee does become the world of tomorrow, that means that there it'll still only be nineteen seventy two. The bridge that made Milwaukee famous. Oh, look at! Did you come up with that yourself just now? Yeah, just now. I Frank. just saw the story just moments Good ago. For you, well done. Well, there's a horrible joke. Have you ever heard that horrible joke about the beer that made Milwaukee famous? No. That horrible, I hate jokes. You know, I don't. Or riddles. Like two, yeah, riddles or knock puns knocks. or limericks or whatever. There's that, that beer that made Milfaney walk us. It's terrible. It's a horrible joke. I'm not even going to tell you the but joke. Don't tell us. I, no. Yeah. Please don't. No, it's awful. All right. All right. Let's uh, talk about this latest Britney news. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me uh, bring on now to the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid, not fat. <laughs> now, I just got this well as you were hanging up the phone on roof. All right, so hold on. Let me. Is this breaking news, Tim Riley? It is. All right, let's now bring on this breaking Britney news with Tim Riley. Britney has missed her first visitation with her boys. Oh. Now, she was supposed to get her first unsupervised visitation with Preston and Jaden yesterday morning, three days after she last saw him. But things tragically fell apart due to a faulty intercom. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. Intercom's not working. That's like when somebody tries when to... When is she supposed to be there? She's been staying at hotels the past few nights well, anyway. That's what happened. So she checks into the Beverly Hilton, but early that morning she realized that she was supposed to be back at the house in Malibu. So she and Allie... <laughs> Calendars are hard ...went to back to the Malibu house. Who's Allie? Apparently her assistant. Okay. And cousin. And then they went to sleep. We don't know separately <laughs> or together. As soon as they got there... Entangled in each other's limbs, <laughs> sweaty but satisfied. They waited and waited, and apparently they didn't show up. Uh-huh. Allie's cell phone rang. It was Kevin's people saying, the boys are going back to Kevin because she hadn't answered the intercom at the gate. So, let me so Brittany's passed out, uh, naturally speaking. Mm. They come and they're so is Allie. at the house. She is passed out and doesn't hear the intercom. Correct. Can I just say something? Yeah. Please I do. have no life. And I, oh, I've been following. Well, I've been following the stupid goddamn Britney story every day. And yesterday, I know for a fact that she wasn't driving anywhere at 10 a.m. She was still passed out in her goddamn hotel room, yeah. not doing anything. And the paparazzi can, you know, you know that they can vouch for that. Well, that's the thing. They're on her everywhere. Of all the people that whose whereabouts we always know, she's like at the top of the list. Like, of course we know she where she is. She wasn't doing anything yesterday morning. That no. is a crappy story. I almost swore. It's a falsehood? Yes. You were about to say that's an effing lie. No, I was going to say BS. All right. That BS. Is, BS is what that is. The thing is, she's got to know that that is such an easily checkable story. Because, again, yes. Sarah just said that the paparazzi, they track her every movement. There might as well be a satellite committed to tracking her. So, all right. Well, uh, and... So she's missed the first visitation, which is not, I guess, judicially speaking, as bad as, bless you, as bad as missing one of her drug tests, because that would just invalidate all of her visitation. Her visitation, which she clearly doesn't care about anyway. So I think we now have, I think anecdotally, uh, anecdotal, anecdotal evidence, evidentiarily speaking, 
I think we can all come to the conclusion Brittany doesn't care about her children. Yes. No. George Bush doesn't care about black people, and Brittany doesn't care about her babies. So these are all, all things that have been said, and I think they might be true. So, all right. Well, and she just, like, she checked in, and then she was there all night, and all of a sudden, like, oh, I might get to see the things I birthed tomorrow morning. I better get back to my house. <laughs> Let me make sure to turn my ringer off, though. Ah, oh, excellent. Should I change the subject and talk about Peacock First Aid or do, move on to another topic? Do you have more Britney news? No, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, let me just close the Britney thing, and then uh, we'll do the news of your choice, Tim Riley. When, hold on, let me just... Uh... I think I did it again. Stupid, not fat. Well done. I love that. Well done, Scotty. Here's Tim Riley with the news of his choice. When a peacock appears listless, droopy, with feathers ruffled, or won't eat, or has a weird look, you know something is not right, and you must take steps to help the peacock if possible. For instance, what color are the peacock's droppings? Yellowish and white means worms and intestinal problems, <sighs> which could be fixed. Why? Is that may we? That way. Never mind. He's trying to speak there, but it didn't uh, Stress. <laughs> And temperature extremes can be treated with vitamins and electrolytes for peacocks. They're good for use in water or wherever there is stress. And chicken water is also quite handy, so chicken, I have some around. Chicken water? Chicken water. Okay. Uh, because uh, chickens lay more eggs. They mix it with water, and it looks like weak lemonade. That's peacock first aid tips for today. Uh, this guy says, uh, hey, Rick, peacocks are deathly allergic to multiple doses of hot lead fired at hot velocity, which I believe is known as the Gresham, uh, Gresham solution to everything. Thought you'd like to know about that. And then this same guy, Chris, sent me, did you know there's a secret in and out burger menu? See, Tim, no. you will see, Tim, you will never know the joy of the In-N-Out Burger. I've, I've driven by several. See, it's an American institution, and I'm, I'm again, I'm not casting aspersions on the vegan way of life. I'm just mm. saying, it's. I do feel bad that there is no vegan version of the In-N-Out Burger. There's I feel a, badly too, and you would think when, in Southern California they would have something, but I, they do not. I guess there is. So I, it is still a meat-eating place. He sent me a link to this to the the In-N-Out secret menu. There is a secret menu for mm. In-N-Out Burger. And I'm looking at it now. It is very legitimate. It's items that you can order, um, but only if you know about them. They're not listed on the regular menu. Did you know this, Tim? You probably could have guessed this. You can order, if you know about it, a thing called the 4x4, which is, yes, four beef patties. Oh. Hand-leafed lettuce, tomato spread, four slices of cheese with onions stacked high in a freshly baked bun, Tim. That is fantastic. You can also order it... Um, uh, there are other chains that are never mentioned here, like Fat Burger. No, I love Fat Burger. Fat Burger is great, and they got that thing where you can get you get the king fat with chili. Mm. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Owen Wilson has returned to the public eye, making an appearance at the L.A. premiere of the film, The Darjeeling Limited. It will never make it with a name like that. He was sporting a shaggy blonde beard and wearing a dark jacket. He was joined by cast members Adrian Brody, Angelica Houston, Jason, uh, Jason Schwartzman, and filmmaker Wes Anderson. The premiere was held last night at the headquarters of the Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences. Before the movie started, Anderson introduced Wilson as his longtime friend and collaborator, saying, I have never made a movie without them, him, and I hope I never will. And apparently he didn't say anything. He was just photographed wearing a baseball cap. A member of the pop group Hanson underwent surgery yesterday to remove a blood clot to his lungs after suffering chest and shoulder pain following a concert. He's Isaac Hanson, and he's 26 years old. He was diagnosed with severe thoracic outlet syndrome, also known as Panchet Schroeder syndrome, 
It is a potentially fatal ailment that occurs when a blood clot forms in the deep arm or a shoulder vein. No, I think about that stuff all the time. I've read so many books and news accounts of some guy who was, uh, seemed all healthy, and then he, you know, he bumps his leg on something, and, it, and then at that point, a, a clot was dislodged yeah. from deep inside his foot, and then it ends up in your head, and your eyes explode. Mmm, clot. <laughs> was that a Tim Riley original? It was. Oh, well, <laughs> excellent, Tim. That's, that's thank you. And that also deserves, by the way, that really is good enough that uh, you really need to... Mmm, clutch. Thank you. Well done. By the way, you should... And for Friday afternoon. Whatever you do, Sarah, since your birthday is coming up, don't compare yourself to Isaac Hansen, who's younger than you and has sold millions of records. That's awesome. Uh, the Spice Girls reunion tour, incidentally. Did you know that the Spice Girls... I love the song, and no one will make me say otherwise. It's a great song. Anybody doesn't like that can eat no, one. I have friends who all they listened to in high school was punk rock, and everyone loved Hampton. This is one of the most finely crafted pop songs of the last 20 years. Everybody can spare me the snotty emails about it, because you know it's true. I don't even... You know the mark of a great pop song? I know every nuance of the melody and of the musical instrument. Couldn't it couldn't name a goddamn lyric to this other than mbop. I, I don't know any of the lyrics to this song. I realize. I, I know that line about planting a rose... Something, something grows. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know anything in this song lyric-wise. But that's how you know it's a great song. You don't really need to know it. It's just the melody and the bounciness and the, the mm. general, generally bubbly oeuvre that they work in. Did you see the tickets for the Spice Girls reunion show sold out in 38 seconds? Yes, I did. 38 seconds? 38, 38 seconds. 38. 38 seconds. 38 it's all the Spice Girls on stage at once. I would have thought it was too soon for a Spice Girl reunion, but I don't live in London, so I don't really know. 38 seconds, they added Obviously two more. Obviously, it's not. I mean, no, I mean, you know, whatever. 38 seconds? 38 seconds. Let's just keep saying that over and over. Rick, since Kevin, uh, who he refers to here in the email as well-fed, got custody, he's getting t uh, big-time child support, which is any man who's gone through a divorce knows he's tax-free. I didn't know that. Is child support tax-free? Like, if a mom gets child support, is she not taxed on that? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, his other two kids that he doesn't love. <laughs> the great thing about this show is just the huge assumptions that people make. They just go along unchallenged. His other two kids, whom he doesn't love... I have a source confirms. Would, <laughs> I say, based upon something that occurred to me while I was picking my armpit this morning, um, would be receiving child support based on his taxable income, which is zero. I would just love to find out what his other carbon copies get for support. That is all. Carry on. I hadn't really thought about that. So he gets a bunch of money from Brittany on which he is not taxed, but yet because his income is nothing, he doesn't have to pay anything to his other kids. Well, her single just jumped from number 68 to number 3 on Billboard's Hot 100. It's a great song. It really is. I that, heard it. Give, give me, Sarah, do we give have the... Lord. Now, is there profanity in this? Someone no. told me there might be profanity in this Give Me More single, that she was trying to be all edgy uh, with it. So uh, it's for the kids. Let's play it into the next break, whenever that comes up. Okay, well... Is it I can, I can research friendly? it. And okay, yeah, it's um, it'll be fine. Yeah, it's 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 not a bad song. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like a Britney Spears single as such. It it sounds like it sounds like a song that they had already written and already produced, and they you know and she was the top bidder for it or whatever. Well, so 179 downloads gives it a number three. That's all it takes to to get a number three now. But you know, it's the weirdest thing too that um. It's it, it's it, how they ca how they calculate charts these days because I remember back in the eighties selling a million records. Well, I remember when they used to do 
I am old enough to remember that Billboard used to do their charts by literally getting on the phone and calling music stores. Music stores. And going, hey, what are you selling a lot of this week? And they go, I don't know, uh, we are selling your, uh, your, your, your Led Zeppelin and uh, your Cindy Lauper. And some guy, but of course that was incredibly easy to manipulate because you would just pay a guy off. Everyone he, was paid off. Yeah, everybody they was paid off. Be paid off. Well, they have to find a new way to do it now. Not that anybody at CBS Radio engages. Long-legged blonde and stilettos. We're going to pay you off with uh, a little something we call Misty. Um, anyway, um, but, but so then they started doing it with SoundScan, which is where it actually they tabulated the UPC barcodes as they went across. But the, the problem with SoundScan. Which again went to the, the directly went to the computers, which was supposedly accurate because it would analyze the computers and register how many barcodes were scanned for that. The problem with SoundScan is that they no longer called every record store; they did like 15% of them and extrapolated it out. So that seemed equally flawed. I don't know how they do it now. And and like in Britain, I think a ringtone actually counts. So I think if you oh. download a ringtone, I think that actually counts as okay. sales and airplay, and that's how songs debut so high in Britain. So it goes to show what turmoil the record industry is if 179,000 downloads give you a number three on the Hot 100. Well, and do you know, I mean, here's another thing. Do you, do you realize that I think InSync still holds the, uh, the record for the number of uh, CDs moved in a, in a week, and that was like 1.1 million of no strings attached? Do you know that like the last couple of weeks, the records that have debuted at number one have sold something like 200,000 copies? I mean, it's just crazy. They're, I mean, they're selling, which I know 200,000 sounds like a lot. There's 300 million people in this country. Yeah. And so when you get records that are debuting at number one with a whopping 200,000 sold, I mean... So this does make sense, 179,000. Yeah, we'll it, it takes so little to break into the top ten or the top... That new. Here's something that... And I know that maybe this is really dull, but this is what Scotty would call... This is a malaprofit. What does Scotty call it? Pulling back the fourth wall. Um... Here's something that never used to happen. Uh, Garth Brooks, that new Garth Brooks single, which is actually not half bad. It's called More Than a Memory. Uh, Kristen Bowie's a big fan of that, too. But it's not a bad song. I do admit to... I, I think Garth Brooks sings really great songs. I think his... The songs Garth Brooks co-writes or acquires... I, I think Garth is... I think his product is really good. I think Garth Brooks typically puts out really, really good, high-quality kind of country pop. So I'm sort of an unashamed Garth Brooks fan. But that new song of his, More Than a Memory, debuted at number one on the country chart, which has never happened before. Ever, ever, ever. It's never happened. And I'm not going to say that it's graft. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the bar is set so low now because record sales are just so abysmal um, that if you get a single that's played to any extent on the radio, I mean, it's re it's easy for you to make a big splash. But of course, big, making a big splash now doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you're selling a lot of records, which it used to. So, I mean, Instinct should really treasure the fact that they moved a million uh, plus copies of that CD in one week. That'll never happen again, ever. That will never happen again. You mark my words. There will never again be a week in American history when they sell a million physical copies of anything, uh, because it's all. As soon as I upgrade, because as soon as I upgrade my uh, my computer at home, I'll be able to use that Amazon store. And you know, we talk about CD Game Exchange, which is a lot of times there's stuff that you can't find online, or stuff where you want the liner notes or you want the whatever. But I mean, if it's like some brand new, you know, pop hit or some, you know, it's like a single or something, like you just want that Hey There Delilah song or some crap. I mean, it's, it's you know, you just go right to the online place and get it. There's just no point. So anyway, um, so it's one fifty. Should we do the top five here? Yes, yes, please. All right. Let's all eager to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your top five, five for whatever the hell day this four, is. Friday. Three, two, one. 
fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count. Don't you? you. All right, so... uh... Somebody pointed this out to me. I had some listener email this in, and I, I forget. I don't have the email in front of me, so I apologize, sir. I don't remember your name. Some guy emailed me, and he scanned in a copy of the, like, This Day in Music History thing that was in the newspaper. And on this day, 35 years ago, in 1972, the popcorn song was actually a top ten single. And I don't think... So the other ones must be real winners. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, the rest of it's really wonderful. This song... I mean, I can't imagine... Can you imagine Are today's... we going to play this in, like, six songs anyway? No, no, it's number ten. Oh, okay. It wasn't the top five. It was number ten. I don't think it ever got higher than number ten, but still. Can you imagine, like, Susan Reynolds' children going home and, like, i got to get home and listen to that popcorn song? It it was... I'm not going to say it was a simpler time, but it was kind of a, just a weird time that that could as be... As long as you listen before curfew. <laughs> exactly. So you don't get sprayed. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Here's an interesting thing, Tim. Yes. You know, I think... We will never again see a time in American history when an instrumental goes to the top ten. I think that is a thing that has passed. I don't think we will ever again have a big instrumental hit in this country. Because, I mean, there used to be instrumentals all the time. Old Popcorn, for example. Theme from a summer place. Uh, that was uh, that went to, uh, to number one. The Miami Vice theme was a number one single. Uh, what else? Uh, Walk, Don't Run by The Ventures, that band we play the day. Wipe Out by The Safaris. So unless they put it on New Music Tuesday for uh, iTunes, yes, exactly. then, then the kids won't hear it. There is, and just because, and, and also just, I don't know that kids would, I don't know that kids would be really into an instrumental these days. The last thing, the last song I can remember being a big hit that, that could even count as an instrumental, and it's not even technically an instrumental because there is some uh, sort of speaking in it, was that Sadness Part 1 song by Enigma. Uh, that weird Gregorian chanty sex song that came out like in the early 90s. I think that's the last thing that was a big hit that you could technically call uh, an instrumental that became a top ten hit. That era has just passed. So, anyway. So don't even ask. No, so just quit bringing it up. Um, well, because somebody asked me to do the top five instrumental hits of all time. But the thing is, there really is just... There really is only like seven or eight of them, I think. So it would just be the same crap you're already tired of. You know, like how many times can you hear a theme from a summer place? Um... But anyway, so 35 years ago this week, Popcorn was a, a top ten hit. So um, so we're going to do the, the other. These are the other top five songs from this week in 1972. Tim Riley. And with honorable mention is Bill Withers and Use Me. I really I bet Scotty J owns this. Oh, oh, you know he does. And when he's going to sex it up at home. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Sorry. How would you like me to put it? What what, uh, you when he breaks down the pillow wall. Oh, that, see, that's worse to me somehow. Because like that sounds like it's forcible. Like he's got a gun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I only know this because that little uh, clavichord or whatever that instrument is in the background, that Stevie Wonder sounding thing, that's been sampled just to hell and back. There's like a hundred different Beastie Boy songs that have used that little uh, synth line in the background there. This is the lean on me guy, right? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. 
Use me until you use me up. That's so that off-putting. That is the grossest thing. Yeah. Until you use me up. <laughs> oh, I'm so horrified by this. I think Scotty could find something to use this with for like a theme for something. A watch. And, and also, let me say this. Is it just me, or when you go back and you listen to a lot of these songs from the 70s, which And the audience for the top 40 is always the same. It's always teenagers. No matter what decade you're talking about, the audience for the top 40 radio of any era is always kids who are 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You know, it's young. It is, it is adolescence. Does it seem like back, back in this time, all of the guys who sang these songs the kids were listening to were like 45? I mean, this guy, Bill Withers, he sounds, even here, and this was 30 years ago, sounds like he was already 50. I mean, now kids listen to music made by by other kids their own age. Back then, it was like kids just listened to a bunch of 45-year-old guys talking about getting it on. Some very creepy era. All right, these are the top five songs from this week, 35 years ago. Number five, a great band, the Raspberries, and this Go is, All The Way. This really is great. Is. Eric Carmen, <laughs> Raspberries. Uh, listen to that. The raspberries really were great. This sound is so well produced. Listen to that, just nasty sounding. The raspberries don't ever get the credit they deserve for being one of the earliest power pop bands. You can hear I had this 45. Really? Yeah. You can hear Cheap Trick all over this, too. You can totally see Rick Nielsen at home listening to this going, I know where I'll steal all my ideas from. Boy, that guitar line is just still so great sounding. Isn't Eric Carmen sing All By Myself? Yes. It's hard to believe that this the guy from this group sang that sang that horrible song. That played consistently for like 20 years. Oh, it's, was, yeah. Boy, you know who else is, who else got a lot of inspiration from these guys was the Knack. Oh yeah. The Knack really sounds a lot like the Raspberries. I never really thought about that before. That's really great. You know who's great? You know who doesn't get played anymore is the Sweet. The Sweet oh, were a little great Willie. group. Little Willie. That's what I'm talking about. I have that 45. Everybody plays Ballroom Blitz, you know, which is a decent song. But Little Willie, man, how great is that? Boy, Poison just did the worst cover of that. No, oh, I don't ever. No, I'm never going to play it. It's No, no one ever needs to hear it. Little Willie, I'm bringing that. I'm going to play it Monday. All right, uh, these are the top five songs from this week, 35 years ago. Number four, the main ingredient, everybody plays the fool sometimes. I love this song. It was on my best of the 70s tape that I had when I was in high school. Really? Mm-hmm. It was right next to American Woman. All of the, really? So your heart broke. Baby, you so fine. You sit around hoping, crying, crying. Get undressed right now. You say you even thinking about dying? <laughs> well, before you do anything, have sex with me. These songs all sound like the hustle. Mm-hmm. Everybody plays a fool sometimes. 
I take it back. I shouldn't be mean. This is a good song. Wow, Janet Jackson just had plastic surgery to look like Paula Abdul. She looks good. She looks like Paula Abdul. Yeah. Well, yeah, she looks a little... I think Janet reversed a lot of the plastic surgery she had a few years ago. I just don't know how she can get so fat and then get back to looking like that. She'll she bump up to like 300 pounds and then get back down to that. Well, I think that's actually a lot more common than we than we think. I think a lot of times we just don't see... The stars hide when they're in the fat phase. And then they get in shape again before going back out in public. Okay. I think that's... I mean, there's... I, I, I Don't you think? I mean, don't you think like personal trainers are called to somebody's house and then, you know, they, they work out for... Because, you know, I think if you really... If you get like a like your own, I heard Oprah of all people talk about this. Uh, if you get like your own chef and like a personal trainer, and you follow that, you can really transform yourself. I think in like six six seven weeks. So, well, I mean, if she, you have someone like not letting you eat and you're just exercising yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's the thing. If you just get some Nazi who just is there like prodding you with a you know all the time, and you're like, don't eat that, and just you know locking you in a closet with some brown rice. So she must have a new project or something coming up, or she's on the hunt for a new man since she told the uh, since she told the uh, what's his name Jermaine Dupri to they go broke get fans. Up? Didn't she? I don't know. I'm pretty sure she told Jermaine Dupri to they go uh, for like 12 to eat years it. or something. No, because he produced that record for her that just bombed so badly. He produced what was it was like going to be a big comeback record for her and it just tanked. And so I think she told him to do what to get stuffed. All right, counting down the top five songs from 35 years ago this week. Number three, the OJ's with the backstabber. Yeah, who doesn't love the OJ's? Love Train's the best thing they ever put out. Okay, now as this plays, in my head, I totally see the dimly lit, uh, the dimly lit, like, cocktail lounge. All the uh, upholstery is like red velvet, and there's a guy with big sideburns in profile telling a girl, No, it's okay, my wife is out of town for the weekend. This is just a thing between us. And then they, like, toast each other with some reuniti on ice. What they do. <laughs> oh, that was great. kind of got a uh, Papa was a Rolling Stone vibe to it. I don't think anybody plays stuff like this in Portland, do they? I don't think there's any station that plays th- th- oh, play sort of like uh, urban classics, I guess they would call them. Oh, yeah, it's that 1480 station. Don't give them any ideas. I want to keep this job. Oh, sorry. You know what would be great? You guys need to buy a station to make it urban classics. Yeah, right. a station to make Cooper that Counting down the uh, top five songs from this week, 35 years ago. Number two, Michael Jackson with Ben. The song is written about who, Tim? A rat. A giant rat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a rat that kills people. The Isn't 70s it? are weird. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ben is a rat that kills humans. Yep. Yeah. It's weird to think that Michael Jackson used to sing instead of going, and sing well, by the way. It's ironic that people were singing along to a song about a rat. Uh, well, but that was also the era of Muskrat uh, Sally or whatever the hell it was. Muskrat Love. Muskrat Love. Well, who were the rest? What were the, their names? 
The Captain and Tennille. No, no, no. <laughs> the, name <laughs> of the, the name of the muskrat. Oh, the muskrat, muskrat name? Susie? Susie. And Muskrat Sam, I think. Sam. So we had songs about muskrats, a song about a dead skunk in the middle of the road. We had a song about a cake out in the rain. And we had this on KCMD Portland. This is a pretty song, even if it is about a huge man-eating rodent. Why would he sing a song about a rat? Why not? I don't know. Oh, I it's mean, from a movie. Like, you got a better idea? This is from Willard. Yeah. Yeah. It was a movie about a rat, Willard. Oh, okay. You remember that? Well, no, wait a minute. I thought Willard was a sequel to the movie Ben. Was it? Are you sure about that? Or I think Ben was... Are you sure it was a movie to the prequel Frank? I'm just kidding. You're just screwing that. <laughs> I, uh, I, no, now I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up and get back to you. All right. Please talk amongst yourselves. All right. Let's find out about Janet Jackson. What's Janet Jackson up to, sir? Actually, Janet Jackson, I just saw a commercial the other day. She's in a movie. It, what kind of movie? For, for, for real. It's uh, it's uh, one of those action-adventure kind of things with the car and the chase and stuff like that. Well, all right, then. Uh, by the way, the, the song you're thinking of, the Muskrat Sally, yeah. uh, or Swell Your Muskrat Down, is uh, actually Muskrat Love by Captain and Tennille. Yes. And finally, the uh, the uh, Eric Carmen ended up going Christian and put out a whole bunch of really horrible, horrible albums. You Much don't, in the same way that Carrie Lipkin did. You don't typically hear the phrase "when Christian" and "put out" in the same sentence, but yeah, they always do that. They all—that's they, they, the path they all uh, go down eventually. Uh huh. All right, thank you, sir. Willard came out before Ben. All right, it was Ben. So Ben was the sequel. Yeah, Willard came out in 1971. If you put in Willard, automatically, Fred Willard pops up, which is something you don't <laughs> want. Ernest Borgnine was in this movie. These are the top five songs from this week in 1972. Number one, Mike Davis and Baby, Baby, Don't Get Hooked on Me. Oh man. Mac Davis. My dad had so many Mac Davis 45s, all on um, MCA Records, I believe, with that big rainbow in the the cloud thing. Girl, you're getting <sighs> that look in your eyes. This is known as the middle of the road for me. You know who's a big fan of this song and of Mac Davis in general? Who? Yes, you know. Scotty J. Oh, I was making fun of Mac Davis because he did, Mac Davis rules! Did you ever hear Mac Davis when he covered all those Ray Charles songs in the 70s? I don't remember. Boy, that's just an, that's an abomination. You never need to hear Mac Davis singing Busted. Okay, yeah, I, we have to break. Are we going to break? Let's play that Britney song in a break, or do we want to play it coming back with Nickel Arcade? Let's play it coming back, because Nickel Arcade will be here. All right, coming up in the next hour, Aaron Duran will join us, and Nickel Arcade is in the house, as the kids say. Are they in the Art of Luckus Green Celebrity Kitchen? I do believe they are. Wondering who the mysterious fourth signature on the Everclear poster is. Back after this, Nickel Arcade, Aaron Duran, more of Tim Riley. Like us at three. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
Who is she talking to in this song? I think herself. Is she referring to herself as Britney Bitch? I think she was talking to maybe one of her, like, bloody dancey friends. Okay. Is this another video where she has weird alternate versions of herself with different hair colors? I don't know. Somebody did this one with the puppet and the blonde wig. <laughs> Excellent. Which is probably still more emotive than the real thing. Seriously. It's not a bad song. If you were in a club somewhere and really high, you'd probably love this. I mean, it doesn't have like a traditional pop hook to it, but it's not a bad song. It just sort of sounds like it could be anybody, and it does sound scarily close to that Paris Hilton stars blind thing. Totally. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the... Let's see, where's my... Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Love me. Like you did by the lake on the booth. Our good friend Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Hello, sir. Hello there. How's it going? Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. All right, and so, uh, no, is tonight... <laughs> when is the aliens thing? Is it tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow. All right, okay, so tomorrow... Uh, is the Aliens commentary yes. for Film Fever Radio. And are you? do you have a thing you're reviewing today? I can review Into the Wild. I guess technically it, gets, it hit Portland today, but it's been around the country since like September 21st. All right. So we're playing at the Fox Tower here. So that's coming up. Uh, so I'm just making a list because we're already a little behind and we haven't even begun the hour. So uh, making a list of things I want to get to. So, there's a, so the Aliens commentary we'll talk about a little bit, even though it's actually not being recorded till tomorrow. Right. Uh, there is uh, Film Fever Radio. You guys have got a new episode of that coming out? Yeah, the new episode is up where we interview Jerry Simon. Bastard. Now, where did that happen? Where were you when that took place? Seattle. Okay, so you were at the Olympic here. Hotel in Seattle. Okay, all I know is we were Sarah... invited. Where were oh, you? You don't have to be a dick about <laughs> it. <laughs> Such an ass. Jerry and I were hanging out, having a margarita. So all I know is that Sarah started getting these uh, text messages during the show, like, "Hi, I'm having a martini with Jerry Seinfeld. Is there anything you want me to ask?" So, yeah, since it was a beer, not a martini. Now, how is it that you got to interview you Jerry Seinfeld? You said martini. You wrote martini. I know, I lied. Okay. It was a beer. Sound a little classy. Do you think I could afford a martini at this hotel with like 20 bucks? Is this for his B-movie thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And then I guess he was on 30 Rock last night, which I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, all right. Pretty funny on 30 Rock. That caught. I'm not a really big fan of the show, but he was pretty good on it last you night. You know, we can't even get... We, we're not even sure we can get Michael Ian Black to come on next week. And you're up having a, a drink with Jerry uh, Seinfeld. I'm sorry. So, all right. Are we having Michael Ian Black next week? Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. at two forty. All right. Is he calling us? He's, yeah, he's uh, too busy. He's not going to be in the studio. He's going to deign to call us. <laughs> and his publicist is trying to push it to two fifty. I'm like, what are we supposed to do with five minutes with Michael Ian Black? Yeah. Stretch it all you know, if my name rhymed with a pasta, he'd make time to come be in the studio. But that's okay. I'm not. I'm not bitter about it. All right. Uh, so we will uh, talk more to Aaron, a geek in the city, Duran here in just a few. Tim Riley joins us at the bottom of the hour uh, for more from the Ministry of Truth, etc. But uh, first and foremost, let's welcome now to the show the fine young lads of Nickel Arcade. Why, hello there. Hey. Hello. There's Peter. You are the designated mouthpiece uh, spokesperson Based. of the group, are you not? Now, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I think the first thing we learned about you guys was that you had named your debut CD after a, a book within a book, after the book, the, the self-help book that Nick Twisp reads in Youth and Revolt. Is that right? Yeah, basically. Uh, I forget the first name of the guy, but... It's, uh, it's something Penny Packer. Something Penny Packer, yeah, and it's a uh, it's a uh, like Hubert Roland Penny Packer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a book Nick Twist was reading about in middle school about how I made one million dollars in high school and got accepted by Yale. Excellent. And so you called up and you're like, I didn't have a first record after that book, and we it, 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 from that it, we were already fans of you at that. Like it, it, you didn't. And then we actually you. listened to you, and you guys are and music very is talented. Great too, but it wasn't necessary at that point. We were already fans. Well, that's so, all it takes, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm not just trying so hard. How long? How long, how long have you have you guys been a band? Uh, we've been together for, Jesus, 
two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes it sound like an eternity. We're in the ripe old age of eight. Soul crushing two and a half years. <laughs> we've all we've all been in random a bunch of bands together for probably five or six years, but uh, this is the first one that. Wasn't just god awful. All right, and the uh, and it, while we're thinking about it, it's MySpace.com/slash Nickel Arcade sucks. Indeed. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last was it this week? Last week? It's it was, all such a blur. It was last Friday. Last Friday, we were talking about Britney Spears and Step Like Fifty uh, under her downward spiral, and I said that we were getting to the point where we weren't even going to wait for her to die. We just wanted to have a song written lamenting or celebrating or mentioning her demise before it actually even happened. And so you called up like a second and a half later. You're like, we'll write it! You know? And, uh, and so now it's done, right? It's completed? It's completed. Uh, it was it's actually, I'm not sure if it's a good thing for us or just a terrible thing for Britney Spears. This song came together lightning quick. It was like, <laughs> we didn't do a single bit, bit of research. It wrote itself. <laughs> it did. It really, really did. Excellent. And uh, we just made it into a power pop song. So uh, Excellent. Is, God bless you, sir. All right, so this is now. Is this? Are you, guys, are you gonna perform it live? Uh, no, we actually we got uh, we got it on CD, and then uh, we, we brought some guitar, so maybe we'll play something else later. But uh, yeah, I, re- I wanted to say really quick though, uh, a huge, huge thank you to Stephen Hawks at uh, uh, Fire Hazard Studios. That guy helped us out so much. He uh, actually played drums for us in the song. Uh, was just unbelievably helpful. He's in the band Oliver um, and uh, Shelter Red, and his website, really quick, is uh, just stephanhawks.com. Uh, Excellent. And definitely A W K S. Yeah, if you're looking for like amazingly good uh, laid back recording, he's just he's absolutely great. Stephen Hawks was a great guy. All right, so the next song. So let's do this. We'll play the uh, we'll play the Britney song. And then we'll stick around and maybe have you guys play us into the break with something else. Sounds good. And so forth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next sound you will hear is that of Nickel Arcade singing their surefire hit, I Hope There's Vodka in Heaven. Ladies and gentlemen.
All right, I'm just going to say this. We c- when you guys are accepting the award for this Seriously? song, <laughs> I want a mention. Of God. Are you kidding me? <clears throat> I, 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 I know we've got it. You know what? I'm no, gonna this, have, we're going to help you promote no, this. No, I, I will do everything I can to make sure. You're that, not keeping no, this to yourself. Seriously, this, this, I am speechless, I've and I nothing. talk for a living. So, <laughs> no, Jesus a, Christ. I, it was, oh, man. It came as soon as it came you guys, so quick. Completely. I am Rick, never writing another song writing songs as long as I live, ever. Are you yeah. kidding me? I don't even have anything to say. Do you have anything to say? I don't have anything Take to say. my own life. <laughs> no offense. I mean, really, honestly. <laughs> Sarah and I are just sitting here, like, looking at each other like... I am a loser. I mean, really, there's just no getting around. There's not one beat in that. That's fantastic. I mean, uh, maybe we're not showing it in exactly the right way. uh, We're showing it the Rick Emerson show way. So, I mean, congratulations. Um, That is fantastic. Um, I'm, yeah. So, uh, there you go. Really quick. uh, Yeah, you can. We're going to have that up on our MySpace there. We're going to march you across the hall. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. We we can't keep this to ourselves. It doesn't matter. We're going to introduce you to some folks who work at a station called KUFO. That would be great. No, yeah. For a while here. So, <laughs> Sarah and I are just sharing this look like let's go drink. Well, it was actually it was actually really great. Um we wrote the song basically Friday night all the lyrics and stuff. Uh and one of the lyrics is lost her kids to deadbeat dad and the next day Jesus. she lost custody of her kids. Okay, how long from walking into the studio to finished product did you guys spend? Did the actual recording and production um, of this? Between drums, uh, guitars, and bass, we spent about two hours recording the bass, and then vocals we did in like an hour. You guys did it like Jay-Z style. We're just going so in. And, off and, the top of his head? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, take, some, up. Take, some, <laughs> take some uh, calls here. It's 503-733-170. That's, I hope there's vodka, there's vodka in Heaven by Nickel Arcade, uh, mm. who are... Who have more talent in the fuzz of their navels uh, than I will ever have in my entire body. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, how you doing? What's up? Uh, I have a contract with Columbia Records. I'd like to <laughs> give it to those guys. Yes, yeah, seriously, just hand it on over. Uh, um, all I gotta do is uh, buy three CDs, get ten for free. Wah wah. No, yeah, all right. Uh, uh, actually, I really hope she dies now. So these guys, this song would be out there for everyone to hear. No, this is the exact this, time you've got to do this sorry, right yeah, now. Yeah, they're all sharing headphones right here. But the, the guys actually just wish that she, he's now hoping that she does die so that you can have a huge hit with this. Well, that's what we're headed for. Uh, but like I said, we have her dying. I'm not sure if you can tell. We have her dying of uh, Lyme disease because she was... Uh, you guys have got to post the lyrics and, Yeah, Yeah, well, she was engaging in some amorous activity here. at a nightclub, and she rolled over onto a tick during quick. the loving. Yeah, all right. Thank you, sir. When the Brilliant. Good. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Chuck. What's up, Chuck? Chuck. Hey, that was awesome, Nickelback. Um, <laughs> stop it. Nickelback. Don't call them Nickelback. Nickel oh, Arcade. Don't be a dick. On. How dare you, sir? I will fight no, you. No, no, no. I'm just teasing. But could you get the lyrics up on the website? Uh, are you guys going to put the lyrics? Yeah, uh, it'll be up there by 10 o'clock tonight. We'll put yeah. a link to your site, too. I won't uh, I won't piggishly ask to post it on our site. I'll point it. We'll put a link. By all means, seriously, put it anywhere you want. Well, no, we'll put a link right to your site. You guys deserve all every bit of attention you get for this. <laughs> um, okay, that's Chuck. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up? Rick. What's up? I would just like to say those guys are going to be freaking huge. Yeah, yeah really, seriously. You I guys can't... need to stay in contact with them because they are going to be. You remember this moment, Nicholas? You remember? You were just saying you that you were embarrassed for loving us. <laughs> you remember you this remember. moment, you sons of bitches? I'm going to be borrowing money from all of you all right, at some right. point in the future. Thank you. All right, there you go. Do you have another copy of the CD with you? Keep it. You, but can you can you all sign it and date it before yeah. you leave, please? <laughs> 
Um, I'll be selling this on eBay someday. I think, I think we should just break. Uh, we should break because nothing I can do yeah. can top this. Uh, so you guys want to stick around? Uh, yeah, we got a little bit of time. All right. Uh, let's see, they're already. Well, I suppose, Rick. We can... <laughs> We've got to be getting on. They We've, were uh... so excited, and now they're like, not eh. all jaded professionals. Oh, I don't know. I uh, got to shoot. I'm lunch right now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all on, we're all on break some work, but. Uh... <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. No, yeah, we, we all work a ton. Hey, you know what? You're not going to need those jobs for a whole lot longer, I think. Stick around. <laughs> you tell the person. Nickel Arcade, Aaron Geek in the City is going to join us here. What are you working on right now? <laughs> Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. You stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Emerson radio program. I hope that there's vodka in heaven. The surefire hit single from Nickel Arcade. Uh, all right, so no I should stop, stop playing this because we never have anything to say afterwards. No, because uh, it's just going to render me uh, stupefied again, and I'm just going to sound retarded. So uh, the website is myspace.com slash Nickel Arcade Sucks. Or do you have another website? Or uh, do you have a, a regular webpage you want to promote? Or? Uh, we do. It's just NickelArcadeSucks.com. Uh, we're kind of bad at updating it, though. All right, are you going to be playing anytime, anywhere soon? Oh, we're going to be at the Satyricon uh, on the 14th. Uh, we're kind of in between drummers right now. Uh, so we're doing a special acoustic set on the 14th, which we don't mm. do a whole lot, so it's right. going to be pretty. I know that, uh, at least for the time being, you have real jobs you have to get back to. So we'll let you get out of here. You guys come back next week, do a little in-studio thing for us. We'd love to. All right, excellent. So there you go. Nickel Arcade, ladies and gentlemen, the best song you're going to hear all month. There you go. <laughs> I hope that there's vodka in heaven. That's, you guys uh, amazing. Nickel Arcade. Thank you so much. Nickel Arcade, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's the one and only Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Uh, I didn't want to take time away from those fine youngsters. <laughs> what did you think of the song, Tim? Snappy. <laughs> Our very own Mr. White, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley. Excellent. Tim Riley, Tim Riley says it's a snappy toe tapper. <laughs> I think so. Wonderful. Well, uh, you boys probably uh, don't know that Peter, Paul, and Mary are making a special uh, guest appearance in Beaverton tonight. Okay. Excellent. They're going to be at uh, Powell's at 7 o'clock on Cedar Hills Boulevard to promote their new book, Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, their new book, Puff yeah. the Magic Dragon. There they are. That's a, that's a groundbreaking work. You think I make this stuff up? She's huge. Oh, yeah. Mary? Yeah. 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 Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Chinese have begrudgingly agreed not to transplant organs from prisoners and others in captivity. The agreement was reached at a meeting with the World Medical Association in Copenhagen. Uh, China has previously acknowledged that, yes, kidneys, livers, corneas, and other organs are routinely removed from prisoners. 
But officials say this only happens after they get approval. Or when they're on their way to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, all these uh, kidneys, liver, corneas, and other organs at this display to open in Pittsburgh this weekend. I thought I had more here, but I was busy listening to those uh, rock and roll songs, and I left them in the other room. <laughs> well done, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. You can hear him. Uh, well, you'll have time to do those uh, leftover news stories at 4, 5, 6, and 7. That's right. Yeah. I must get to the newsroom immediately. So you can prep that live news, which is uh, done as it happens, the top of the hour all the way through Lycus. Next news, what it happens. All right. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Hello there. Hello. How's it going, man? Oh, jeez. mic on there. Oh. So, Hello, uh, how's it going? Yeah, I, I feel like a big... You're a failure. A you're a big... failure. You've been saying that I'm a failure. I might be turning 27, but you're 33. Yes, 34. Does, does 34. Fat boy want to sit down? I'm sorry? Does fat boy want to sit down? What do you oh. mean? The oh, no, fat boy from KUFO <laughs> is in the studio. Does he look a little winded? Um, you know, I'm just standing and all. <laughs> um, oh. You know, I'm just glad I don't want to become like a like a rock person. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I don't want to have to live up to that. I'm glad that I... I'm. Uh, not that I did a side project, because I couldn't talk about that. But It's I'm a wonder how you would have time to do it. If, I don't like other bands. I'm, and you know what? Can I just say this? If if I had just finished and released a side project, which I couldn't talk about. You'd pull a Britney Spears? I'm <laughs> saying if I had just released a side project, it, it took 10 months to do. <laughs> it took 10 months to do 23 minutes worth of music. And it might have taken thousands of dollars. <laughs> it might have taken thousands of dollars of my own money. Those guys did that song. Yeah, and you should see, they are... They're gonna. They're gonna. They look they're like the stars. Fallout boy. They, they are good-looking kids. They're not friendly. Fat. They're savvy. They know. They. Not they you know what? And they're they're good-looking guys. They look like. And you know the thing about those guys? And that sounds like I'm just waxing their car. But I mean, you heard the song. They look like rock stars. They do. They look like rock stars. Absolutely. And they're funny. I heard them joking around during the break. I mean, they have a pretty good sense of themselves. And I mean. I don't know how they split up the writing duties. Whatever. I mean, uh, that's all. That's all Peter them. Writes all Is the he the guy? Yeah. He's the, but I mean. That's like a hook you could hang a side of beef on. It's just unreal. I mean, I I am... Now, I heard this song 15 minutes ago, and I am agog. I mean, it's... Scotty's typing the screen. No, Rick, you found them. You're a winner. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, Scotty. Actually, I believe... I was the one that pulled up their MySpace profile and pulled the Nickelback... <laughs> Nickelback and Nickelback. No. Oh, God. Oh. God damn it. I told Bozik, I'm like, yeah, listen to this. I want it back. You know, I'm totally going to sell that someday. Um, we can't sell anything. They're they're going to be huge. Yeah. Hmm. Hi, Aaron. How's your life? My life's fantastic. All right. <gasps> Didn't you say you were bringing a birthday present today? I did bring a birthday present. Oh, that's right. Maybe feel even worse. Let's also welcome okay. over here Fat Boy from Court and Fat Boy on Assist Station Rock 101 KUFO. Hello, sir. Hi. God, he's getting so tiny. You know, I had I, this whole idea for a, um, I was going to do a whole uh, contest today, like a contest for, for something or other to give crap away, and I was going to do a Is It Aaron or Is It Fat Boy contest, where I have one of them say a geeky scripted line about, I feel that the Kirby Silver Surfer is whatever, and then like the audience, would, a, a listener would have to say, like, guess whether it was Aaron or whether it was Fat what Boy. What happened to that? I didn't script anything. I have nothing done. I have no question. Well, the I'm Kirby sure Silver they... Surfer is the best Silver Surfer. See, I don't even, so, and that's only because people hear Fat Boy do commercials on the station, and Tim always thinks it's you. Seems no, like he's Aaron one... is doing a lot of spots on this stage. <laughs> no, Fat Boy's the one that gets um paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah there's Where that. are my keys? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, sick <laughs> of these download sites. Are, 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 the are you guys the, huge? The humongous. I knew you guys. Humongous. The best part is in that spot you do for CD Game Exchange, who is a fine uh, client yeah. of ours, by the way. We love them. Oh, I like the. Mm, it's don't this, get me started. And it's this. It's that you're typing at like this Marilyn Voss Savant type speed. You're going like. 
<laughs> Damn it! I am sick. <laughs> like you have never typed faster in your life than yeah. right before you break. And of course, that. when you're downloading, the typing speed is paramount. <laughs> of course, you can make sure mad. that yeah, yeah. And that your character is just completely flustered by the iTunes store, <laughs> and it just outstrips your capacity for reason. Ah, uh, all right. Although um, I am pissed at iTunes right now. Because me, as an Apple person, I am angry at iTunes. Tim Riley, are you listening? Because. The newest update of iTunes, whenever you rip your own CDs that you own, it converts them into the iTunes proprietary locked the format. M4P? Yep. Yeah. Well, yes. I found ways around that, but I'm just saying. Um, hey, okay, so here's the deal. Now, we'll give a little sneak peek of what, uh, of, of what, uh, is it Aaron or is it, uh, name that geek, what it might be like. Well, I don't even think they need scripts. They can just go off the things in their Why head. don't you put them in charge? I'm going to ask this question. A listener emailed this question in. Now, um, I'm going to point at somebody, mm. and uh, I will have... Uh... Let's test their microphone levels first, right? You guys say something. All right. Yeah, can you sweeten my mic, sir? Oh, <laughs> shove it. <laughs> I can't get away with stuff like that. I really can't. Okay. All right. So, yes, um, you could. It's freaking me out. No, that this is like that no, I can't. episode of One Day at the Time where Linda Lavin meets her twin sister, and they're of <laughs> Alice, and there's a line down the middle of the screen. Um, do we have... Hey, Scotty, do we have anything to give away? Do we have a, do we have like a prize of some we kind? We could give away Sarah's Can we give away present. a pair of do, passes? Do we, do we have a pair of passes? The Court and Fatboy Midnight will be showing them. Do we? Fellas? I don't know. All if right, we hey do. Scotty, let's take caller five right here, and we'll do name that geek. Uh, so at five oh three, we'll take caller number five right now. Yeah, something to outlaws. Yeah, would you like would you like some tickets to a show at Outlaws Music Hall? <laughs> um, let's take caller number five right now at five oh three seven three three two nine seventy five oh three seven three three two. 970, 503-733-2970. Uh, caller number five uh, will play for a pair of passes to Court and Fat Boy's Midnight Movie, I say, uh, spontaneously angering the promotions department, who will now have to do the paperwork for this prize. Uh, so we'll take caller number five, Scotty, and now we have the delay. So um, in the meantime, let me say um, that I had some piece of business I was going to say, and now I've completely forgotten it. I've got nothing. The gloriousness of that song has wiped all just, I can't even do it. I'm looking at the email right now, and she's like, I Last must buy week. that! You know, and it's like, <laughs> seriously, I mean, if they, they can get that up as a single uh, on iTunes or whatever uh, right now. Not even on iTunes. What they need to do is get it up as a single at PerezHilton.com. Bing! Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know who else I'm going to give a <clears throat> copy of that song to? Uh, is our man in Los Angeles. I already gave one to my friend at another station. Really? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, yeah, you get that thing. You get that thing on uh, PerezHilton.com. No, what I think is that you, they need to get some kind of uh, kooky video to go with it, and then get it totally. on, you, on the YouTube. We should have yeah. one of our and then listeners. have it be like the leave Brit- new this leave Britney alone thing. We should have. Uh, yeah, we should totally have. Okay, that's it. Yeah, all right. All right. I gotta quit working myself into a froth about it. All right, let's take. Uh, hi, caller five. Hello, sir. How or madam, as the case may be. How are you? Hello. Hi. All right, sir. Are you a Goodfellas fan? Yes, I am. All right, sir. You're going to be uh, playing Name That Geek. This is for a pair of passes to see Goodfellas uh, tonight at the Baghdad for the Court and Fatboy Midnight Movie. Badass. All right, sir. So here's the deal. I am going to ask a geeky question. One, uh-huh. of, the, one of the two geeks in this room, Aaron Duran uh, or uh, Fatboy from Court and Fatboy on KUFO, one of the two geeks will answer this question. After they have answered the question, you must identify which geek it was. Uh, all right, okay. So hold on. And uh, I will ask the question. One of them, Sarah, you choose who answers the question. Okay. Sarah will point at who she thinks should answer the question. And you guys try and keep your voices level because you can tell from the pitches. All right. All right. Here's the question, and then Sarah will choose which geek answers this. Then you must identify who it is. Question is, Rick, are there different versions of the movie Aliens out there? I know there are two different boxed sets. Is the one they comment on the extended director's cut or what? Please to talk about the Aliens versions. 
Yes, there are different versions of Aliens. There is a uh, the theatrical version, and that was out until like 92, and then there was a version that was cut together for ABC called the Director's Cut. That version was released to video shortly afterwards, and for the longest time was the only version available on DVD until the new box set came out called the Alien Quadrilogy, which sounds like a made-up word, but it's not. It's an actual word. The director's commentary on that, one of the first commentaries James Cameron has ever done for any of his films, is on the extended version. All right, sir. Was that Aaron, or was that Fat Boy? Jesus, I've got to go with Aaron. No! no! In your face! Yes! 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 Someone is the suck. All right, there you go. Thank you. Uh, do we dare do it one more time? That or is that, a, is that enough for today, Sarah? Is that, a, is that enough of an introduction, do you think? Oh, no, let's do it one more time. Let's do one more time. I don't have another question to ask. Um, let's see. Uh, hold on. Let's see. Uh... I'm trying to think of a geeky. Well, this is well, so yeah, dumb. Yeah, let's do, we can just let it lie then. All right. Yeah, I can't think of another geeky question, which is makes me sound retarded. By the way, uh, Nickel Arcade guys, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, guess who just emailed in to say, "Holy s, that was the best pop song ever." A woman who knows a thing or two about pop songs, <gasps> Storm Large, uh, emails in to say, she says, "Holy s, all oh, caps, that was the, that was the best then... pop song ever." Uh, entering the studio, and I was. Uh, our good friend Bozik from Rock 101, KUFO. Hello, there you sir. Go. Now we need his uh, distribution. Oh, there he made he made a cover for it. He actually made a cover up with Britney uh, smashing the car, and it actually says, uh, "There you go, excellent." So, what do you what you think of the song, man? That's awesome. That is brilliant. Is that not badass? That is great, dude. That they did that in like a day. Oh yeah. Just because this dumb show suggested that somebody do it. I so. guarantee that's going to end up on Viva La Luna. So, a uh, really excellent. So, Very there cool. you go. Viva La Luna, which is the local music program on Rock 101 KUFO. Sunday night's 9 o'clock. All right, excellent. So, uh, so congratulations to those guys. Glad you dug the song, my friend. It's beautiful. All right, so there you go. Uh, let's see. Well, what the hell? Uh, so, let's quickly plug this. So, let's talk Goodfellas tonight, Baghdad. Yes, indeed. Goodfellas at the Baghdad Theater starts at 11. I would show up at around 10 because there are a lot of people expressing interest in this film. I think it's like the first time this film's been screened on a, the on a theater screen here in Portland since 90. So, plus, um, I think we're going to have the uh, the rock band van out there um, while you guys wait in line. Oh, so the rock band game. Yeah, the, yeah. Very they cool. have a van and they open up like the side of the van. You get to play the game like, what, two or three months before it even comes out. And so. Goodfellas is part of your trifecta of badassery, is it not? Yes, it is. The uh, the ultimate male movies, that is one of the three. What, what are the other two? Oh, crap, I can't remember now. It was like Reservoir, Damn. no, Pulp Fiction and... Yeah, it was Pulp Fiction and I think it was... Uh... Oh, The Wild Bunch. Wild Bunch. Yeah. All right, so that is tonight, 11 yeah, o'clock, show up early. Are you going to be there? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Now, since I now have to point out who's speaking, Aaron. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then are we are all of us at the Aliens commentary? Well, because it's at your house. Yeah, right? it's at yeah, my house. Yeah. We're all doing the Aliens commentary. Yep. So, all right, Court and Fatboy's Midnight Movie, get there early tonight. Goodfellas at Baghdad. That's going to be weird at the, the commentary because I've worked with Court for almost four years now. This is the first time he's ever been to my house. Really? Yeah, we have a very close relationship, <laughs> me and Court. He's hey, only been to my house when the... I think I've touched moved. Court once. Tim, like in <laughs> passing on the arm. I don't even think Tim knows where I live. <laughs> I, I I've only been into your house like three times in the course of five years. Yeah. yeah. And I was considering like trying to clean it up, but I'm like, eh. Uh, you know what? Really? I can't, yeah, I'm not even, I don't even matters? know that Tim has my phone number. I don't even think he could find me if he had to. <laughs> so, uh, all right, well, let's talk uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran Film yeah. Fever Radio. So, um, well, let's, now, is, is, does Into the Wild open here in Portland today? It's open today, yeah. You can see so it you, right now if you wanted to. I will say preemptively, 
you know, good or bad, I probably won't see it because the book was so huge. In the book meant uh, a lot to me, and so I will probably not see the movie because I don't think that it could ever do justice to the book in my head. But I hear the movie is great. The movie, the movie is great. However, I would agree with you if you do hold the book up to as at such um, you know lofty heights, um, the movie is going to disappoint you. And not that there's anything wrong with it. All the performances are great. The cinematography is beautiful. Uh, the music is fantastic. And, and you know that I'm actually not the biggest Eddie right. Vedder fan. And even I really enjoyed you know, the music and the songs in this film. There's really nothing wrong with it other than the fact that the book is so fantastic that to me it can't, it can't maintain that same level. And it, this is uh, and it's Sean Penn is the uh, the writer and the, with John Cracker and the director. Right. Who's the kid who plays Chris McCandless? Um, Some guy I don't remember. Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, yes. Who did lose a lot of weight for uh, the scenes because he starves to death. It's not a it's not a giveaway. I mean, it says that like in the very beginning of the book, it's like page one. Chris McCandless starves to yeah, death. Yeah, and the movie opens that way too. The movie opens like 20 minutes before he dies, oh. and pretty much it's all flashback. Did you see there was some story the other day that said that uh, people are now flocking to Alaska because of the movie? What could possibly go wrong? Which is like flocking <laughs> to a roach motel. I mean, it's just insane because yeah. that's the whole thing because he went there and he died. Um, so do you get the sense, and this is kind of a philosophical question, I guess, for this movie, but do you get the sense that Chris McCandless, as he's depicted at least in the movie and certainly the book, would be horrified by the fact that there is a movie about him? Yeah, actually, I think he would. Especially the the book uh, interpretation of him, more so than the movie interpretation of him. But yeah, I think he would find this whole this whole thing kind of repulsive that they're doing this. Uh, uh, let's see. We got okay. Well, if anything, go see the movie for Hal Holbrook, who really does steal the whole movie. Really? As yeah. who? He's the old guy that wants to adopt him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's fantastic. Name, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is out uh, today. And then what else? Is there anything else that I should care about? Uh, that stupid uh, Fairly Brothers movie. Uh, you know, boy, no they had one good see. movie a decade ago, and it's just been a long downward yeah. slide since then. Yeah. I mean, I'll give them Kingpin, maybe, uh, because of Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah, because of Bill Murray. Boy, and Randy Quaid. I, I suppose. Mean, you know. I guess. Uh, if Randy Quaid isn't dumping out of the latrine in the street somewhere, he's not funny to me. <laughs> um, uh, well, so let's stick around. we got a question for you guys from uh, a listener here in a second, and then we'll... Uh... I don't know, we filled with more bitter self-loathing. Uh, and, I'll and give Sarah her birthday present during the break to make you feel even worse. Bastard, I forgot about that. I did not. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Back with more of Aaron Duran after this. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. This email says, Rick, I just realized something. It's almost certain that Nickel Arcade is going to be hugely successful. Aaron, the geek, just interviewed Jerry Seinfeld. I've been published in Newsweek since I started listening to your show. Storm was on national television. It seems like you have a sort of Midas touch. Maybe the auras of the cast of the show is accidentally... Uh, maybe the auras that the show cast are accidentally sending success out to listeners outward instead of inward. It sucks to be you. Ha ha. That email started so well, and then it all kind of I'm went also actually uh, launching a comic book line also, just saying. Shut up. Would you like to share with everybody what you just got Sarah for her birthday? <gasps> I got her. Uh, it's not a McFarland. It's another company that's very similar. But she now has a fantastic action figure of Jareth the Goblin King. Jareth the Goblin King. And he even comes with an extra ball. And a bulging <laughs> codpiece. And a bulging codpiece. Mm. And an extra hand so he can play with his ball. <laughs> well, who doesn't want to play with Jareth's balls? Come on now. Everybody does. We know Mick Jagger does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dancing in the Dance, street. Magic. Dance. Okay. That was kind of freaky. I actually not. had... I don't have any more. I used to have a t-shirt. Sanders. When we went and saw... Remember when we saw David Bowie? I went and bought a t-shirt in the street that has a picture of David Bowie that says, I effed Mick Jagger. Really? Yeah. That is badass. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I have a labyrinth shirt, actually. Really? Cool. Yeah, I'm going to carry my... They're going to make a big old 18-inch figure, Jared, with real cloth and all that kind of good stuff, too. Ooh. First crush I ever had on an actress... 
Jennifer Connelly, Labyrinth. Labyrinth, really? yes. Mm-hmm. My Mine first too. was, yeah, it was David Bowie in that. Oh, I thought she was going to say Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Especially in Requiem for a Dream in that last sequence. Oh. Just brought the love back. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah she right. hasn't really recovered there. No. Ugh. Oh, right. poor Jennifer. At least she didn't go to mouth. <laughs> So what's coming up on Film Fever Radio, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> Scott hey, Knight. Do you think that was? Do you think what? she was actually doing that? It what? Seems... I bet she was. She's a method actress. No, no, no. They they they, they, they had a butt double. She, she took one for the team. A butt double. They had a butt double. They they had just two. You don't made a double butt. <laughs> they had that too. Zang. Bring her in. <laughs> All right, uh, filmfavoritradio.com. Yes, go to filmfavoritradio.com, listen to the new show. We do our uh, more underrated horror films and our interview with Jerry Seinfeld. Excellent. Uh, Court and Fatboy's Midnight Movie tonight. Mm-hmm. Good fellas, get there early. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, do you have a contact number for those guys? Uh, my wife's boss owns a record company, a label, and a recording studio down in L.A., and I want to get a hold of them about these guys. Is this real or are you just piling on? No, 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 this is genuine. I'll put you on hold. Scotty will get your information. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. How long do we have until the uh, music begins here? Ten seconds. All right. Do you fit your microphone? Yes, I did. So, no good jokes? No. What's the Milwaukee beer one? Oh, you don't even want to know. It's the oh. worst. My dad would get drunk and tell this joke about Milwaukee beer over and over. It's not even worth repeating. And we're done. All right, there you go. Well, thanks. All right. Uh, uh, FilmFeverRadio.com, episode 70 up this week. That's right. It's uh, up right now. It's fantastic. Geek in the, ra- uh, geek in the city.com for all your geek uh, writing swag needs, etc. See and me tonight getting drunk playing rock band at Court and Fatboy's Midnight Movie. Court and Fatboy tonight, uh, 7 to 11, broadcasting live from in front of the Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goodfellas, Midnight Movie. Get there around 10 o'clock tonight. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley, the executive. I keep doing that thing. P.A. Scotty J. The Gatekeepers Dave's in. As always, thanks for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Watch out for snakes, and we'll see you on Monday. Be safe. Bye now. CBS Thursday is television's best night, beginning with a new Survivor China.